everybody. Welcome back to the Fake Nerd Podcast. It is January 10th, 2021, and it is 2021. Welcome to a new year. <laughs> Holy moly. Look at that. The light the, the light switched on, and it's a new year, new us. Everything's everything's back to normal. Everything's great. Nothing's wrong with our country. We're totally great. I'm joined by my best buds in the world, Brandon T. McClure. Clerk, clerk, clerk. Welcome back. I'm joined by Sparks Witty, Witty, Witty. Hey, totally not crying this week. Who's crying? Is it you, Ben Magnet? I don't know, but I can't get past this damn level. Am I a Sonic the Hedgehog 3 Tiger Electronic game? Ooh, you're like <laughs> yeah, the Sonic Super fan. You should get past it real easy. Yeah, I, I know. Now, funny enough, because um, right before we started recording, I actually wrote an article about the Tiger Electronic games, and the link should be in the description below. Is it, Brandon? Yes, it is. Uh, and I'll take that opportunity to have the ball passed to me and talk about some things that the audience should know. Because we were gone for three weeks, we have a lot of links in the description. <laughs> so sure. uh, if you guys want to check those out, we have three, kind of three downright annoyeds that Ryan that- was on. I thought. Yeah, Wrath of the Titans, Christmas Carol, and uh, the one you did today, uh, J- uh, Junior Center of the Earth. That is true. That is exactly what the movie I watched today. Yeah, uh, man, I can't believe it's been three weeks. Hot, hot dog. New Year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I recorded three reviews of three movies, and I have different opinions on all of them check it out <laughs> i almost watched wrath of the titans too but i i ended up not i feel bad about that actually hey man it's it's, it's waiting for you sam worthington is waiting there for you um i have three links in the description below uh one about uh disney plus one about um another one about disney plus oops <laughs> and um one about how covid could change the theater landscape in this new year um those are up uh, as well as Ben said that he does have two links in the description because Christmas. Oh link. yeah, the Christmas one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, and your and your one that you put up today. Yep. We also have review specials for Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul. Those are up right now in the link th- in the link below. You can check those out. Sure. Um, the Mandalorian season two. You probably already watched it, but it's down there. Um, we also have our and finally our holiday annual for 2020 that is in the description below i know it's past christmas but hey it's, it's down there. there it's still fun to listen to even though it's a few weeks past christmas I, yeah i mean my tree may be down my lights may be down there in the garage and hibernate for next year but it's still fun to listen to but i have two more things i want to talk about right now what i'm staring at our tree right now it's gorgeous <laughs> ah, okay. i still up too uh before we get into it i do have two more things i want to say because i was very busy for the show while we were gone um, feel very proud of that. Two things I want to highlight, though, is that the Fake Nerd Book Club is now not only a video show, it is now also an audio show. Yay. 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 So that, that is up right now. That went up on Friday. Uh, so you can check that out. That's going to roll out every other week. Uh, and it will probably continue to be behind the video show because um, the video show will take precedent. But it is for audio listeners there uh, if you want it. And then finally, Patreon. I've been saying it for months. I finally updated our Patreon. So I'm going to pull that guy up. Look at that, the website. There we go. We have three tiers now. One is our $5 tier, which is always going to be there. Um, But I've finally gotten all 61 of our classic episodes, which includes Wonder Woman the first Wonder Woman film, our first Doctor Strange review, Rogue One. Like, it's all there. A lot of fun reviews to revisit. Um, And, of course, you'll get your bonus episodes early once the COVID restrictions lift because that's difficult to coordinate uh, right now. 
Um, and of course, the entire season of Miscellaneous. I'm hoping more news on that one soon. I've been pretty busy on it, so we'll see what happens there maybe this year. Um, then we have our $10 tier, which is a new tier, which is going to get you an exclusive shirt. Wow, 10 bucks for a shirt. Well, it's quarterly, so 30 bucks. but yes. <laughs> uh, it, is a, it is going to be a monthly subscription, but every three months you will get a new shirt. So right now we have our, our commemorative t-shirt for Mike Matola's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge at LA Comic Con. It's just a flyer on a shirt. These aren't going to be a, a, as expensive or as um, quality, I will say, I'll be honest, uh, as the ones on Public, but they're still fun shirts that are going to be exclusive to Patreon. You will not get them anywhere else from us. And yeah. once the three months are up, so come April, this shirt will be replaced with a different shirt and you won't be able to get this shirt again. Look at that. Ooh. Ever again? Ooh. It's a baby. If nobody buys it, I'll put it back up after the <laughs> after the first round of shirts. But if people buy it, yes. Getting vaulted. Um, and of course, and every I've got shirts lined up for the next month for the next uh, year and a half. Oh, so wow. you know, you got you got some extra you got some excellent stuff coming your way. One I'm very excited about. Uh, you will also get the stuff in the first tier, and of course, and then our final tier, which replaced our. Uh, our, our uh, ship in a bottle tier oh. it is the $20 tier, which will be the because you like us tier. It's you get nothing extra, just charity, just knowing that you've given us an extra $10 a month. How sweet of you. Um, that's just that's just there. If anyone wants to do that to us, uh, we love you guys, we know you, you love us, but hey, you know that 20 bucks, I'll, I'll even spicy up the deal because nobody bought a ship in the bottle yet. The first person to do the twenty dollar one, I'll still get him a ship in the bottom. I don't give a shit. <laughs> All right, you hear it here first. The first person to subscribe to that twenty dollars here will get a ship in a bottle. Like a real cheap one, but you're gonna get a ship in the bottle. I promise. Yep. <laughs> That's some of the stuff I've been doing this past year. Uh, th this past three weeks. Sorry. Um, it feels like a year, especially yeah. with the crap that's been going on recently. But yeah, that's that's just some of the things I've been working on uh, for the past three weeks. There will be more coming down the pipeline, but we've got a lot to talk about this week, so I didn't want to overcharge us. But yeah, exciting stuff. Heck yeah, baby. Heck yeah. So who wants to go first of the week? I just talked a whole lot, so not me. Ben, why don't you just go? Because I just said said it. Wait, me? Yeah, go ahead. Not? I mean, wait, it's going to be one of us. Mine as well. All right, uh, three weeks. Let's see, three weeks. Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, work. More work. Video games, on the other hand. So for Christmas, I got um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, and I've been uh, playing that pretty steadily. Nice. Um, it is really fun. I'm actually, once I get close to being, I'll probably write something about it for the Fig Nerds, uh, for the Fig Nerd website. Because one of the things I'm Throw in that content, man. Just do oh, it. Yeah. I, well, once I'm done with it, I'll, I'll keep like chucking shit over there. But um, one of the things that I really love about Hyrule Warriors is how much it makes me remember loving Breath of the Wild. And it makes me want to play Breath of the Wild right once I'm done with Hyrule Warriors. Like, I know, because Hyrule Warriors to me is like when you're on a really good Star Wars binge and you finish the prequels and you're like, no, I want to go back to the originals. And then you go right into the originals, even though you know what happens. And because I'm like playing Hyrule Warriors, I'm like, oh, I'm going to feel sad at the end of this game. But as the t as I'm playing, I was like, no, this is actually really, really fun. And also, it's my first ever Dynasty Warriors style game I've ever played. And I'm really enjoying it. Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the, um, the, the fact that it's a Zelda one and it's like the 2020 version of Dynasty Warriors. 
this don't this isn't a high acclaiming recommendation for the Dynasty Warriors franchise because most of those games are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a thousand of them, and they make a thousand Gundam versions of it, and they make a Berserk. Yeah. They you, make every type of game I've had the Dynasty Warriors one. Luckily, this one's good, so it's that's that's amazing. You know, funny thing, Ryan, you would think I would have gotten into Dynasty Warriors when they announced the Gundam Dynasty Warriors, but instead, I'm like, mm, nah. Because I want to say it was like Dynasty Warriors like 4 and 5. Because I used to watch a show called X-Play on G4 all the time. And they would review the Dynasty Warrior games. And they would say, it's the same freaking thing. It's Dynasty Warriors. So 3 out of 5, 2 out of 5, whatever. If you're Unless you're a diehard fan, you're not going to get much enjoyment out of this. I'm like, all right. And then the Gundam stuff came up. I'm like, mm, I think I'll, I'll save 50 bucks on something else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push back a little bit on the Dynasty Warriors hate. Yeah. Only only to say like I I cannot tell you which game it is. It's early in the it's mm-hmm. pre seven. I don't know. It's seven or the before. fact that you said there's seven of them already just tells you there's too many of those. Games. Sure, there's too many. I'll I'll totally concede to yeah. that. Um, I played a lot of that them, game. Yeah. That like that game is worth playing once though. Like oh, Dynasty yeah. is worth playing once, and if you can, there is one you'd have to look it up. But there's All one right. that does like the history of China. Oh, China. Really, yeah like the campaigns really really well oh yeah i believe uh, it. and that's worth doing like it's not it's not a bad game there's just too many oh, all right uh, let, let me let me rephrase part of them are not good yeah i'm i mean i'm not i'm not arguing no, no. so i wasn't trying to shit on the whole dynasty warriors franchise i know there are great games in there because otherwise they would have made like what seven eight nine of them i just Bro, know they're, they're like last... 20 at this point well, I just know there's a lot of stinkers in the bunch. I know the yeah. franchise isn't ho- holy crap. I just know there's a lot of bad ones in there, but there are some great ones in there. Any game that's annualized, that like you have to rush those games out, some of them are just not going to be good. That's just the best. That's, that's business, baby. <clears throat> Madden. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Yeah. Call of Duty. It's literally oh, yeah. every every franchise, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so besides playing uh, Hyrule Wars, and here's the best part. My girlfriend and my roommate, they have been playing They've been playing it as well. So, so we have three different profiles going on. And also you can play two-player. I didn't know you can do that. And then you can, which is awesome. So my roommate and my girlfriend are playing on my roommate's Switch. And he's playing, no. So he's playing by himself. And then they, they're playing on Fanny's profile on my Switch. And then I'm playing by myself. And both of them are a whole lot farther than I am because they have more time to play, obviously. But they every time I come home and they're in the middle of Dynasty Wars, they turn, they're like, Ben, don't look, there's spoilers! I'm like, nope, can't look, can't look. That's always a fear, yeah. I get yeah. it. So apparently there's some uh, there's more characters than I thought are that are unlockable in the game, and I had no clue, so I'm looking forward to unlocking those. Um, besides that, also I got a whole lot of Bloodborne done this weekend with my brother. Nice. Also, I started. I picked up Near Automata, Year of the Yorha, Game of the Yorha Edition. Yeah, so I started playing more Near Automata. Um, I was borrowing it from Sparks, and then I finally said, you know what? I've had this game forever. I really want those DLC codes, so I'm just gonna give him back the game. And I just bought the game myself. It should be here tomorrow. Nice. Love it. I'm happy about it. Yeah, so I can finally get back, so I can finish Near Automata, and it'll be my copy, and I have to keep reminding myself that this is someone else's. But uh, what? Oh, yeah. And may I interrupt real quickly? I forgot about something very important about the Patreon. I can show you guys what the shirt looks like. Oh, yeah, let's see it. Uh, yeah, so real quickly, here's a close up picture of the shirt. Oh, nice. So it's the flyer of the LA Comic Con. Adorable. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it's going to look similar to this, which was made to me from my brother um, yeah. for Christmas, which is a comic book with the Fake Nerd Podcast logo on it. Nice. Cool. Okay. Oh. Sorry about that. Man, that was a really good day. 
Comic Con. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we played uh, the four of us and some friends of ours got to play a little bit of Dead by Daylight yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I have to say, one of the coolest things I did was so obviously we all know Bloodborne is really difficult. It's a hard game, and yesterday I beat Maria of the Astral Clock Tower 1v1 on my first go. And when I told that to my brother, he's like, dude, you got good. And of course I told Ryan, and Ryan's like, you got good. Honestly, it's just, that's, it's, it's a really hard boss, and it's like a memorable boss, memorable boss, because she's just, her moveset's really dope, and she's just super sick, and she just kicks your ass, and not you, though, Ben. And that's like, man, that's, I, you're a good gamer, bro. I, I'm not gonna lie, I've kind of been riding that high for all day today, so. Dark, the Dark Souls yeah, man, you beat a boss that sometimes beat, takes hours, or you beat it first time, and you're like, running, I'm gonna go running. Yeah, I, because after I, I beat her, because at first, because my, because, we got to that part. We beat the boss right before it. And I'm thinking, okay, I can't summon my brother in, so I might just die. But then, because that's what he did. He just, like, died, came back, to, came back, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to ring the bell. I was like, you know what? No, hold on. I'm going to try something. And I just I just fought her, and then I got into a groove, and next thing I know, I beat her. And he's like, hold up, you beat her on your first go? I'm like, yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of people in my internet sphere playing Bloodborne for the first time or again. And I, I swear I've like been on the on my PlayStation hovering over the icon. I'm like, am I gonna play it again? Is it right now? <laughs> and I'm just like, I just I don't want to commit because I just don't want to start it and play for like five minutes. Because like that's a game I want to play, baby. Yeah. Because um, that's like once you get into it, the game gets harder and harder. And if you if you go away from it and then come back to it, you can't you can't return. You got to be in it to beat that last boss or something. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. you're 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 near in the end, baby. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of other games, today I used some of my Christmas money and decided to treat myself i should have brought them over because they're over there on my counter but i'm not gonna get them i got legend of zelda links awakening for the for the nintendo switch mm-hmm. and i got a game i've won forever super mario maker 2 yeah 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 i got both of those today i haven't put them in the switch yet i probably i might do that later tonight who knows but i'm excited because i've been wanting mario maker for a while i want to try and play some super hard courses see how bad i am at those and also i want to make courses because i think that's really really cool and i cannot wait to try it out nice Hey. Hey. that it uh then i mean unless do we want to talk about what else we got for christmas because i got some cool shit for christmas if uh, you want. it's okay uh it's only episode anyway yeah i got right. ryan or ryan okay sorry everyone but my family got got me great great amazing things so there you go <laughs> uh i'll go because i also didn't do that much cool um, let's see i play video games with you guys i think i played some fortnite you did? I definitely did. It's been three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah, I mean, did. I know it's little here or there. Um, I mostly spent my time. So about a month ago, I spent most of my time in uh, like 865 England because I was just so enraptured in mythology, 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 uh, real history. But in Assassin's Creed, it's mythology because I had a bunch of crazy shit. But it was because of Assassin's Creed. So I started playing my favorite Assassin's Creed game again, Black Flag, because I have an Ubisoft Pass, which has all the Assassin's Creed game, games on it. And I haven't played an old school Assassin's Creed game since since the old games, since like, you know, there's been three new ones over the last like five years, um, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. And those have all transitioned to being giant open world, epic, like uh, Witcher-esque, like um, the combat's completely different compared to the first games. Like these, going back to this, it was like, man, I forgot how different those games really are because if the game st- the gameplay is like Arkham, uh, the Arkham games where you have regular combat and then you have like a parry and then you have like a thing to go around. I'm like, okay, it's the Arkham combat, cool. But then what makes Black Flag just the best game I've, I've ever played is the shit combat. And the fact that there's no other game that has as good a shit combat as this game 
is mind-boggling, guys. It's so fun. I play this game for hours on end, listening to podcasts, just blowing pirate ships up and upgrading my ship. Like, that's the perfect game. And then I realized there was a game that Ubisoft made called Skull and... Luna's so mad about it, too, called Skull and Bones. Do you remember, remember from E3, there's a pirate yes. ship called Skull and Bones? Announced three years ago. Where is it? Where is it, baby? That's the game I've been waiting for. Uh, I looked on Steam to buy, like, 100 different pirate ship games. And just, like, all of them, from what I can tell, were not just not what I was looking for. They were all, like, either really old or really, like, old school or, like, turn-based. And I just want, like, give me that pirate ship action. So then I get, downloaded Sea of Thieves. And Sea of Thieves is is Destiny about pirate ships, but it's much more about being on land and doing stuff. Like, the pirate ships kind of just, like, getting to places. Mm -hmm. So that's not my bag, right? So I'm just playing more Black Flag. So I'm loving it. I'm not done with pirate culture yet. I'm loving it. I'm learning all about. I watched hours and hours of documentaries about different pirates and shit. Um, so I'm like, what's a pirate show? And there's not many. There's only kind of one, and it's called Black Sails. So I watched about a season and a half of Black Sails. And yo, guys, uh, that's like maybe the most underrated show of like the decade. I also I say that because I watched a video of review about it. But I say that because nobody talked about that show. And that is a show that's that's the quality is 10 out of 10. It's so it's so good. It's like a Game of Thrones, like it's it's like an HBOS show just on stars. Um, the characters are excellent and it's about pirates. And the thing that I realized that the Assassin's Creed games do that bother me, uh, we romanticize pirates and like you know, the the pirates of the Caribbean movies um kind of romanticize them. They're still bad guys, but they kind of make them kind of heroes. Pirates are bad guys, you guys. They kill and steal from people. People forget that. And that's what Black Sails does so well. It's about the society of pirates, and they're in the Bahamas, and they're trying to create their own their own nation of just free people, a free a free nation of, of thieves and, and rapists and murderers, but a free nation nonetheless. You know, away away from like uh, the the monarchy of England and Spain. So it's about these Tortuga. Tortuga. Well, uh, it's Nassau, but Tortuga is a place I also go. Yes, mm -hmm. but um, it's it's these morally corrupt people trying to do good. But like in the worst ways, so it's it's so interesting to watch people do bad things for the worst reasons. But it's kind of for a good purpose, like worldwide. And I'm like, I just don't know how to root for these people. I love it. Do you remember Uncharted Four? Yeah. The treasure there is in a pirate colony that was like a socialist colony, uh, yeah. and you have to find the secret like like El Dorado pirate place. That's right. Was that with like like a bunch of ships and stuff? Where, yes. Uh, yeah, that place was, man, that's dope as hell. Yeah. yeah, but it's these pirates, and there's, like, they're murdering, and they're stealing, and, like, they're betraying each other. And, like, the main the main guy, uh, Captain Flint. And this is all, uh, Black Sails is a prequel to Treasure Island. It's a prequel to that kid's book. So there's all of this horrible murdering and pillaging and raping and all this bad shit happening. And I'm like, this is a prequel to a kid's book. I forgot. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to reread that book. That's crazy. But um, John Silver walks in. <laughs> For real, like, yeah, like, John Silver's, like, the main character, and he's thieving and pirating, and it's like, man, it's, it's crazy, but what I like about the show, it's, one, uh, the representation in it is insane for a show about being in the 1700s. Um, half the people are, are, are gay or bi, and they're just loving and banging, and it's like, and it's like, I'm just like, man, it's, everyone's having a good old time. Like, obviously, there's still racism, sexism, but they, they, they handle it in a way where, like, the people getting that that harassment are giving it back, and the people on the other end are probably dying for being a racist. So it's like really nice to see like a like yo like there's a whorehouse and like the whores get treated badly, but then they revolt and kill a bunch of bad men. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it's just nice to have a show where you can root for actual bad guys because like they're bad guys, and the main character he's he's 
so charming, but he's bad and he kills people that like we that we root for. If I recall correctly, he's an actor from Shameless. He's really good. Yeah, and like I don't know anything else that he's done. Is that and, the like, one? Is that the <clears throat> one with John Malkovich? Shameless? No, uh, Black Flag. Not Black Flag. The Pirate. Show. He, he's not in it. Uh, I mean, maybe he shows up like in the next season or something, but he's not in it in the first two seasons. But um, hmm. it's just I really like all the characters, and again, like infusing the, the real historical stuff of all of these actual pirates and this actual like pirate nation but then of course making like fictional stuff around it it just it, it makes for really fun television and really fun entertainment and that's kind of where i'm at with this entertainment now everything i've watched the last like couple months is all about historical stuff intertwined with fiction uh and that's just i, I, I loved it black five black sounds good john malkovich was in crossbones the other pirate show that aired at the same time oh shit i didn't know there was another pirate show uh, yeah. I don't think that one did well. Yeah, I, I, I hope it's good. I didn't hear anything about it. Um, going from the 1700s, I'm transitioning to the 1800s, but it's still about men on the ship, and it's a show called The Terror. And I watched this show in one night because I started it, and I saw it was only like eight episodes, and I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, I guess I'm just here. This was an AMC limited series yeah. event. Um, uh, Jared Harris is the star of it. Yes, he is. Uh, um, it's also got Kieran Hines, who is Mansprater for Game of Thrones. Also, Steppenwolf from Justice League. So you hit or miss. Um, you can that, watch the show too. It's 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 incredible. Um, it's legitimately might be one of my favorite shows I've ever seen because it's just about these dudes in in 1850, and it's uh, they're from England and they're trying to chart a passage to India for trade through the Atlantic, right? So they're gonna go over Canada into the, sorry, the Arctic and go through the ice. Uh, and if they do it, they'll be they'll be gods of England, right? To create this new passageway to England, but they gotta go through a bunch of ice. Um, so it's the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror. These two like super advanced for 1850 ships go through and break the ice and create this trade trade route. Um, spoiler alert for real history because this actually happened. Everybody died and they all died and they all starved and they all ate each other and they all it was a bad scene. And I'm, that's not a spoiler for the show because literally the first scene in the show tells you this happens. It's also based on a real event and based off a book. Um, it also has a monster in it, which is really cool. So again, it adds that fake shit of a uh, Inuit mythology and Inuit like like monster folklore in I the. I believe, artist. I believe George George Takei is in the second season. Oh, I haven't watched the second season. I was going to start soon. Uh, no, it's like right. it's an anthology. Yeah. Right. He, he is in the second season. Yeah. That's dope. Um, but yeah, that first season, man, it is. It's just all about these men who. D- it's a sad show. It's just really sad. And like every episode gets worse and worse. And like, there's not a, there's not a happy ending. It's not that type of show. So you have to go in knowing that, but man, like the people who try to keep on hope until the very end, you just see them slowly lose the spark. It's like just truly excellent acting, man. It's like people like fake being sick and fake being drunk. And it's like all of these like things. And also living in the 1800s on a boat in, in the winter, like it's just like tremendous acting and it's just living, living on a ship, and it's like, it's what I love about the thing. It's people trapped and like, who do they trust? And there's not like any alien shit, but there is like cannibalism and like, and like uh, uh, mutiny and stuff like that. And like, there's also like a giant monster outside hunting them. Uh, it's just, it's, it's excellent television. And I, and I can't believe I waited two years to watch it, but it's like truly one of the, my favorite things I've ever watched. Nice. Yeah, I, I made a mistake in watching that as it came out week to week. Yeah, the, the, that the, is not the, the way to watch that show. Truly, like 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 something happens, you're like, I can't, I can't wait a week. I'm not waiting. Like, thank God, I don't. Yeah, it was week. that was rough. Yeah, um, it definitely made like one episode feel particularly not good. Yeah, uh, just because yeah, of, the in hindsight of the waiting, I was like, well, this was 
kind of a shit episode and i'm like if i probably watch it in a stream i wouldn't mind at all yeah uh kind of reading all like in, like a trade war like you would yeah. in a comic book um yeah, yeah it just it it builds on the tension really really well uh oh yeah that's it and then i play video games i play dead by daylight i read a bunch of comics uh, uh we'll talk about somewhere in here i'm sure um and then I, I i played predator with my friends a little bit i've been wanting to play predator for a little bit i don't we didn't get to play a lot with you two upstairs specifically ben and brandon um we played a little bit and i think that game for being like a small budget game is hella fun yeah uh everybody has access to it now because it massive discounted yes. during the holidays <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. pretty much every game is on discount now it's kind of crazy yeah but but predator for for like two weeks went from a 40 dollars game to a ten dollar game yeah. <laughs> so and you get a predator and you get a predator right exactly yeah. <laughs> that's that's how it felt uh, i read some comics but yeah. i think you'll read some co talk about comics so i'm I'll only listen. gonna talk about future state so yeah i want to talk about anything else um uh, Doctor Doom mandated and that book is dope. And yes. I'm really, really sad it's over. Uh, uh, Iron Man continued to be great. All the X-Men books are obviously great. I still have no problems with those books. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Future State stuff came out. Yeah. All right, I'll go. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Christmas happened. I watched Christmas movies. I'm not going to name them. There were Christmas movies. Um, Fortnite was brought up. Uh, Green during Arrow. That time, Green Arrow is now on the team. Yeah. I was, uh, I was with my... Yeah, CW's Green Arrow is in Fortnite now. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, he's the second month's, uh, this month's Fortnite crew exclusive character. So yeah, boxing uh, glove. Arrow. He's got the boxing glove arrow as his. his <laughs> um, I was with my family up in Monterey for the for the Christmas time. Um, we did we watched the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which I've been wanting to do. Mm. Uh, I actually ended up doing it by myself because it, it, I had downtime and it never looked like it was going to happen. I'm like, I want to watch this before the holiday's over. So um, that was pretty fun. Uh, good God, did they get a terrible voice actor for Ray? Yeah. Uh, just, like, horrible. Like, pull you out of enjoying it horrible. Yeah, she's and real bad. Thought it is fun, and that was like, nah, what? <laughs> this is bad. Also, like, the worst conceptualization of Poe's character I think has ever existed. Oh no. Um, but but that's pretty much it. Otherwise, it's a fun little thing. Um, it's very interesting that this non-canon thing establishes uh, Finn as learning the Force from Rey. Okay, so uh, I, a Jedi specifically. I forgot I did something, and it's and, and since you just brought up Star Wars, I'm gonna bring it up. No, go for it. You you mentioned it to me. There's a new Star Wars podcast. Oh yeah yeah yeah. By my favorite podcast people, and it's called. Um, a more civilized age, a Star Wars podcast, and it's all about the Clone Wars and literally just all about the politics and the the the, the life of Star Wars during the Clone Wars era. Yeah, so we we've talked about Waypoint a bunch. Um, they're the best. They're three, the best. Three of the hosts from Waypoint yeah. have joined with someone else to do this podcast. They just started very recently. Only two and episodes in. And it's so that half of them have seen the Clone Wars and half of them haven't. So it's so for them to go through the Clone Wars. So far, they've only watched episodes one and two mm -hmm. of the films, and now they're going to dive into the Clone Wars show. Um, they're really cool. You get a lot of different perspectives because it's people who like love the prequels, hate the prequels, uh, love Clone Wars, don't have any experience with Clone Wars. So there's a lot of opinions going around. Um, super recommend that. Uh, there were lots of card games, board games. We watched Wonder Woman 84. We did a thing about that. We watched Soul. We did a thing about that. I watched all of Auntie Donna's Big, big Old House of Fun on Netflix. Yes. Uh, that was very, very funny. And I needed it at the moment that I, <laughs> that I got it. Um, so that was nice. Uh, Predator Hunting Grounds we brought up. That's uh, that's actually been a lot of fun to dive into. 
I started playing the campaign for Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. Um, I am bad. So it's, it's going it, right? it's it's to take some time for me to get better. I will say, though, that already the controls are better than Battlefronts. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. Like, while I am struggling, um, I'm not struggling. I'm struggling because I have to get used to it, not because I think the controls are bad. Yeah. yeah. And I'm grateful that that's the situation. Those Battlefront uh, controls are awful. They're so bad. Uh, yeah, I think... Did. I, I literally like went back and played Battlefront for a little bit uh, during this time. I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I, I did do a space mission and I literally quit. I'm like, no, I can't go back. <laughs> Garbage. Once you go squadrons, you can't go back. Now all you have to do is make Battlefront three and just make the space stuff that this stuff. Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Incorporated. Right. Bing bong. That would be cool. Uh, but be able to fly into their ships, then get out like you could ah! with Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah. I want, baby. Watch their ship. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the concept? Did you guys ever see the concept of Battlefront 4? No, it was Battlefront 3. It was the no, Battlefront 3. Yeah, it was yeah. canceled Battlefront 3. No, I'm not talking about the ship battle. Because they had concept of Battlefront 4 if, because Battlefront 3 was almost in production. Battlefront 4 was going to be an alternate take on Star Wars events. Oh, oh. God. Oh. The concept art looks awesome. I want it. No, but that's cool. Uh, I watched a little bit more. I think just one, literally one more episode of Mandalorian Gallery. I'm slowly making my way through that because I'm watching it with Megan. Um, Dead by Daylight happened. Megan and I went back and finished this season, this last season of Rick and Morty. We had three episodes we hadn't watched. Hmm. We finished it. Uh, Rick and Morty's great. Nobody's surprised that ending is another emotional gut punch F you. So um, there you go. Clone Wars. Why do I have? Oh, oh! You're watching Clone Wars because I'm watching Clone Wars. That's right. <laughs> Megan and I. Megan started watching Clone Wars, and now we are doing it in the correct chronological order, which oh. I have to say makes a massive difference. I've never done it before. I have only watched Clone Wars, honestly, once all the way through, and it was as it came out. Um, but watching the chronological order, I'm like, oh. Yeah, there's like an episode in season two that's supposed, like the middle of season two, that's actually supposed to take place before the movie because it leads directly into the movie. Ridiculous. Maybe, maybe I should do that. Yeah, uh, it makes a big difference. Um, so we started we started watching that, um, and that's that's been working really well. It's also more enjoyable for her because like the connective tissue makes a lot more sense rather than just like feeling kind of lost, like you know, sure. like the. Re- searching for General Grievous is because they just lost General Grievous in the last episode. It's not just the abstract, oh yeah, they're looking for Grievous at this point in the war for some reason. They literally just lost him in the episode before. Yeah, I never thought about all that. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, it's only, so it's only the first three seasons that are jumbled. Once you get to season four, everything's pretty much as it was released is correct. But seasons one through three are totally jumbled around. Um, Especially around the film, there are two episodes of the show that take place before the movie, which is weird. Hmm. Okay, anyway, uh, we. I also made an ambitious effort to try and get Megan and I to pick Hilda back up because I want to watch Hilda, <laughs> and that got that got one episode. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I started watching Gilmore Girls. Um, hey! Actually, truly, for the first time, so that's, that's fun. Um, Ryan and I, something he forgot to mention, is we watched My Hero Academia, Two Heroes, the movie that takes place between seasons two and three. Yes! Because screw you, Ben, because <laughs> you never came over to watch it. 
Uh, and so <laughs> I know COVID, but still. Um, and so we started watching season two, That's season right. three, season three. Season three. Uh, and so we're doing that now. That we picked it up. That movie, it's pretty good. It's like a good anime movie, but man, that final action like boss fight is dope as hell. That's nuts. He's just like a metal bender. He's just like conjuring up metal he's, shit. He's like, just wow. my hero's Magneto. Yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent. Well, I need to see that. I I need to see that movie so bad. I still haven't it's seen a good it. Movie. It's good movie. Good. Um, and we watched one episode of Haunting of Blind Manor. Boy, one uh, episode. I think we have two more, maybe three more left. Um, that was a good episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and Megan and I started Queen's Gambit. We're about three episodes from the end of it. Um, has anybody else watched Queen's Gambit yet? Not yet. I think bits of it. Fans watch the whole thing. Okay. Uh, it's... I. It's good. It's not great. I don't. Uh, I, I'll admit that I don't understand the massive fanfare about it that's happened. Um, the first episode is very hard for me to enjoy because it starts you in the what would be the present tense of the show, and then it flashes back to her as a kid. And the problem is that the kid is supposed to be like 12, 13. And the kid who's cast is clearly like at least 15, you know, like, but then you have Anya Taylor-Joy who's playing a barely 20 year old version of her a little later. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot connect that these two are supposed to be the same person. You, you either should have cast her to be young, like cast a younger actress or created her to be younger or just had Anya Taylor-Joy play her, especially because uh, in the second, third episode, I forget, when she uh, they she ages up while she's still there at the orphanage that she starts the story in. Um, so it's like, and, and she has a best friend who is the same actress and doesn't look like she ages in that time gap at all. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Like just have it be Anya Taylor-Joy the whole way through or get a really tight. And there's another flashback moment to an earlier time period with her mother where they do have a girl who looks more age appropriate, who is a younger version of her. And I'm like, she should have just been the girl throughout the whole first episode. Uh, well, it, so that, it's a minor thing, but because it's the beginning of the show and it's a whole first episode through her being a young girl, I'm like, I am having a hard time construing this being the person that I'm watching for the rest of the show. Uh, conceptually, that did not jive for me. Um, there's some things about it I don't like. It's based off a book written by a man in the 80s, so that's not surprising. But like, there's just uh, there's a lot of implications about the use of drugs and how they help or hinder talent that I don't, I think that they hit too hard on. Um, it's a beautifully shot show. She's really fantastic in it. There's good characters. More or less, it's kind of a story I feel like you could have told in a two and a half hour movie you didn't need a whole series for uh, at this moment. But I heard it's a I sports anime. Go I heard it's a so, sports anime. That's a, not quite. But like people, but I get it. But like people said that I'm there's like that makes me more. There's interested. definitely two episodes that I would say are like a sports. Yeah, because like I, the, the premise alone, uh, like I don't care about chess, but what I heard it was about like oh they're always like coked up and banging and like and there's like a bunch of kids like just like playing chess also like being teens. I'm like that sounds kind of alright. Mm, that that's not how I describe the show. No, okay. okay but um, anyway, that's enough about the Queen's Gambit. Um, I'm gonna kind of jump through into this what i'll say is that i started 
on if you're following me on Instagram uh, at Sparks Witty, then you know that I've been doing reading every day uh, since the new year started. Uh, it's a commitment that I decided to make to myself at the moment. The way I'm making sure I hold to that is just by making sure I read a single trade's worth of comics in a day. Um, that's just a good way to get through it. I have gone through uh, Charles Soule's Darth Vader, um, the Thrawn comic, uh, Vader Dark Visions, which is fantastic. Uh, we have a long episode, so I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but you all need to make the time to read Vader Dark Visions. Uh, I will probably end up making it a book club if we, if you guys don't. Um, I started reading some old uh, pre- of the legend stuff, uh, Star Wars stuff that takes place before episode one. Um, that's supposed to be part of it. I based it around what is collected in the epic collection for Rise of the Sith volume one, which is just before the Phantom Menace. And so it's all these stories with like young Kiati Mundi, which I really enjoyed and all this kind of stuff. Um, a lot of it, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is really dope. I see no reason not to make this headcanon. I don't I've watched I watched two making up behind the scenes for episode one, episode two. Uh, and I recommend watching those on YouTube if you haven't. Um, it's called The Beginning, and then I forgot what the second one's called. But, oh, um, From Puppets to Pixels. Um, and what I like about these two documentaries, you don't often get with movie documentaries, is when you see what's movie documentaries, it's a very positive light. Like, everyone had a good time on the set. Everything worked. Everything's super cheek cheeky. Um, with these two documentaries, they're both about they're both an hour long. Uh, it shows you the mistakes that George Lucas is making, and it's showing you the good stuff, like the good and the bad. And I found it really enlightening, and it shows you one how boring movies are are, are to get made. Like really, like people are on set for ten hours a day doing the same scene. I'm like, man, making movies is really magic. It's super magical. But like, it was so sad seeing Frank Oz look at like like a CGI Yoda and saying to George, "Oh, you don't need me anymore." And then and then George going, "No, Frank will always need you." And then it's him like looking at like this Yoda flipping around. I'm like. Oh yeah, that's, that's why awesome. I like the director and the Jedi, the yeah. Last Jedi director's uh, feature. That is a good one. You're right. That is, a, and I guess Star Wars is just good about making unbiased looks at, at movies. Yeah. Except for the Rise of Skywalker one, yeah. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. Well, I'm not gonna watch that one. Um, yeah. Uh, since we're talking about all that some Star Wars stuff, I I don't know what happened. I couldn't tell you. Um, I don't think there is a specific thing that happened. Um. I listened to the Force Center podcast episode talking about the last episode of The Mandalorian Season 2 because I just wanted to hear Ken's opinion, honestly, Ken Knapsock's opinion. Um, and then I listened to Ken Knapsock's, uh, the Force Center's discussion about The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and again, like, I just wanted to hear some, some opinions there. And now I've gone through a decent chunk of the beginning of the Force Center podcast's backlog back when Force Awakens was coming out. And I'm probably just going to listen to the entire podcast over <laughs> time. And I'm reading Ken's book again. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I guess I'm looking for something in Star Wars that's missing, and I couldn't tell you what it is. But apparently that's the journey I'm on, which is why there were so many Star Wars comics as well. I have sad news to report, though. <laughs> in doing all of that, I learned something I didn't know. Are any of you familiar with the book Dark Disciple, yeah. which is current canon? Yeah, there's a video game, too. Cool. Ventress oh. is dead. Oh. Ventress is dead before Revenge of the Sith. Uh, oh, no! And I am extremely is that, is that sad. Canon? That is canon. That's uh, true canon. Wait. Ven I have it. Yeah. Ventress, oh, Dark Disciple. Ventress okay. is dead in that moment. Oh. Sorry. Um... So there you go. Apparently, we've well, been dead for a while, and I didn't know it. 
but I know it How now. How new is that book? I hate to tell you. How new is that book? <laughs> a few years old. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. It's definitely not pre-2015? It's not. All right. It is It is true canon. That's sad. It is sad. Uh, I'm very bummed, and it is before Revenge of the Sith, which means there's no, no possibility of yeah. stories post-Revenge of the Sith with Ventress or anything. Um, apparently, it's a great book. Or she gets robot a great ways. story. She's dead. Oh, um, okay. I'm sorry. Dude. I'm really sad about it. I hate to say it. It's true. Uh, it sucks. So anyway, it's the worst death we're gonna we're gonna hear about on the show today. Anyway, my Star Wars journey continues. Um, the last thing uh, that I did that I want to talk about is I want to talk about DC Future State. Um, Brandon, did you read any of these? I read them uh, actually today. Oh, uh, which ones? Uh, I only picked up four. Uh, and I read all four. The next Batman, Harley Quinn, uh, Immortal Wonder Woman, I believe is the one with the Ara Flora. Yes, I think that's what it's called, yeah. And, um, uh, shoot. Not Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. It better be Swamp Thing. Okay, cool. Um, so Swamp Thing and the Wonder Woman stories are best, definitely 100% the best of those. Yeah, uh, I really like them. They're the best of the week, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I highly recommend people pick them up. Uh, both of those. Um, it's also nice that they're two of the cheapest ones. Um, because all you're getting is those stories. Yeah. Uh, I I definitely want to vamp a little bit. Just I got all of them. I posted about this on the Instagram thing. Um, I, I actually enjoyed the Superman and Metropolis story, but my problem is, and this is the root of my problem, like the next Batman doesn't really apply to this as much, but it is the same problem. I'm not happy that I'm spending so much money for more than the one story I care about. Mm. Um, and it's really, really frustrating. And I hate that, like, if I want to support a specific team in a specific story, I can't. Uh, this is something we talked about when Future State announced their rollout, uh, that it's kind of irritating the way they're doing this, the way they're packaging it, the way that uh, it's going to cause some to probably suffer where others won't. Um, I, I, for example, Brandon, I would in a heartbeat just buy the single issues of the Katana story. That's the second story in the next Batman. Sure. Uh, that on its own, I'd be like, I'll pay $3 to buy those individually and show like, this is, I want to be reading this. Um, Written by the guy who wrote the book club this week. That's true. Brandon Thomas. Yes. Um, I really liked that story. I thought it was exceptional. I would also buy the next Batman story, although I'll admit for the amount of money I paid, I felt like I didn't get enough story about Luke Fox's time stepping into the suit for a first issue. I'm like, I feel like I should have more. Like, honestly, when I got to the, where it's like to be continued, I'm like, are you shitting me? That's Look how much more book is here. Yeah. How is that? So yeah. that was really irritating. And then like, I think the third story is fine. It feels like they're trying to do Excalibur in their own way. But, no, um, I like that. No, I like that. I like the third story fine. I just don't know if I'd be spending money I, on I it think right it's now. more Hellions then, because of the Arkham Knight. No, you're right. It's like it's like a mix of it. It's yeah. definitely like visually is what it's calling yeah. as Excalibur. But um if I uh, if I may, uh, yeah. I didn't care for the next Batman, the whole all three stories I'm afraid. Oh. Oh you didn't even like the Katana one? No, I really didn't. I and yeah. I thought I, I like the ending of the Katana one because I like the, the stuff of Black Lightning. Sure. Um, and I, I would probably continue it because of that. But all in all, I found the next Batman to be wanting. Look, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I like that splash page of her going. Row Wait, that's to a row, sick. The, the that's pretty art, cool. Art is so good in that. In that. I mean, I will say the Katana one is my is the best of the three, and I'll, yeah. I'd be interested to keep reading that one. But the the next Batman and the Arkham Knights one. I don't, Do you know um, what I think it is? I think that it's that. Uh, 
by comparison to the other two stories that are in that book, I feel already connected to the character enough that I want to know more about her. Yeah. And like, I'm not getting that about Luke Fox. We got so much about like his, like his family, like his brother and his sister and like his mom and like, like I'm just be like, but, but it's all like nuggets and it's no, not I enough know. to like. That's what I mean. Like, it's, 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 we only get like eight pages with this guy. So yeah. Like, we didn't get any of them. Um, and this the same problem came up in the the Superman and Metropolis story where um the first stories you know all about like Jonathan Ken and what he's doing and I I I thought it was an interesting take honestly I I thought that was an interesting story I didn't mind it I'm like I I would read more of this however I felt like I again like I should have had more to it for the amount I paid for the comic and then there's a backup story about Guardian which is good but it's not something I would have gone out of my way to pay money for um charging eight dollars like specifically like right now it's like i mean you're asking a lot man yeah exactly uh that that is really just specifically what i want to talk about about future say is i just i'm really and then like i can't get the follow-ups to these uh stories that i care about unless i pick up not the next issue but the issue after and things like that it's this is a that is silly this is an infuriating rollout in my opinion um and i i just was really disappointed with that being the way that it is. I like the, a lot of what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I like about half what I'm reading, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but it's just, it, it's, I wish that there were more a more direct way to like buy these individual stories to yeah. tell DC, like, I want this, less of this, more of this. I, and I don't like this method. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, I was just gonna say, so I only, I only picked up the four um, and I'll, I'll say I liked uh, the three of them. Harley Quinn as well, as well as Swamp Thing and and um, um, Wonder Woman, Immortal Wonder Woman, whichever one. Um, I, I enjoyed Harley Quinn. It wasn't my favorite of the, of the bunch, uh, but I really liked the artwork and I thought it was an interesting uh, voice for Harley, something I, and I, I just kind of felt a little bit refreshed there. Sure. I uh, I felt like I should be watching it because it's very anime. Mm, that's true. That's probably why <laughs> I like a lot of the art. No, it's extraordinarily, this isn't a slight. I yeah. really like the art. I thought Harley Quinn was a good issue. Uh, it just, I was like, I, this is so anime. Yeah. Uh, this is like, everything just feels like a screenshot from an anime. Yeah. Um, and um, I also wanted to add that the Wonder Woman one, I really enjoyed in the, much in the same way that I enjoyed the first issue of Miss Marvel, which it is that this is the first issue I've ever read of this character and already I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and, and I feel like the, the greatest uh, mistake of the rest of the Future State issues that aren't that one Swamp Thing and Harley Quinn um, is that I don't feel that way about those characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether I'm familiar with them to some extent or not, you know, like I know who Jonathan Kent is, but this is a new interp, like get me into it. And again, like that one fared all right, actually, but um, more because I'm interested in a different character than Jonathan Kent, but still. Yeah. Uh, but the next Batman struggled with that. I'll tell you the Flash one really really struggles with that um especially yeah. to someone well especially to someone who hasn't read the death metal stuff that led up to it right. uh and so i'm like uh you really can't you really can't enjoy that comic without reading that story um that was a mistake to purchase on my part uh i i can't truly knock it without being aware but i will say like i everything went over my head i'm like no i don't know whatever um generation shattered is not good um it's just not good i i when i posted on instagram i said that uh it feels like it was written in the late 80s and not in a good way um it's it feels exactly like it's going beat for beat of like 
Crisis event for Infinite Earths, and I don't mean like the event is the same, but the way that the characters talk about it, the way that it puts the team together. I'm like, this is this just feels old hat, like exactly like I get the the, the bit is that he's the guy's grabbing the wrong people who are supposed to save the universe. Um and but yet all the characters feel just like wafer thin, like you're supposed to be familiar with that time period and that's all you need because you're supposed to have been read. And I'm like, that works for Crisis because at the time those were the characters of the time, but this is jumping all over the place. And like, I, I'm not getting anything about any of these people. It's just, it just feels like uh, confetti for fun. Um, visually, the art is fantastic in that issue, I will say. But uh, the story is just, I, bleh. They had, they had the pages and they, and they had to do something with them. I, I get that. Like, it's just, I it's bad. Um, it's just like, there's, there's no ambition put into it from, okay. from what I can tell. Uh, there's nothing groundbreaking. There's there's this one bizarre moment where it's like we need to grab a genius IQ now that we miss grabbing Brainy 5 from the future. I know exactly where we should go. Cut to 1993. We're going to grab Steel. Um, I mean, he's smart. I know he's smart, I mean, but you got a whole multiverse no, in front of you. Oh, yeah. I I'm like, Steel? Steel's <laughs> where we're going? <laughs> Okay. Which it, it just it, that, that's part of the the problem with the issue is that I can feel it's it's like I can feel the creator's hand guiding me to like the weird matchup of who the team is made up of, and I'm like, yeah, this is okay. Um, I don't want to trash on it anymore. That's it. I don't think I really did anything else. Oh, I did one more thing. I got engaged. Um, yeah, you did. You did. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And I thought I was the one who got a kick-ass ring for Christmas this year. Apparently, I was wrong. Yeah, that's true. You were wrong. Um, <laughs> it's definitely more valuable than yours. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and to the audience, to the audience, Ben did not get engaged. That was no, a Lord of the Rings ring that he is yeah. talking about. Yeah, I, I got a really cool replica uh, one ring of power. And also, it fits, so that makes me happy. But, yeah. but, but Sparks got engaged to be married. Yeah. Uh, yes, Megan and I got engaged just a couple days after Christmas. Um, yeah, happy about it. That's it. Very big like. You. You, know, you, you drop down the knee, you pop the question, and she said yes. Um, I slid onto one knee in a fashion where she didn't notice that's what I was doing. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. I mean, when I found out, I wanted to like just bug you with questions like, "How'd you do it? Where'd you do it? What what, what was the plan?" Because I had no clue. He could just send you the video. There's there is a video. Yeah, um, send me the video. I'd like to see that video. I will. I'll, I'll share that around. You know, like not not to the public. That's not your business. <laughs> um, <laughs> and here it is now. We're viewing. <laughs> yeah, let's discuss it. This is where I screwed up. Um, cinematography shit. <laughs> <laughs> done by Jeremy Bellucci, so watch your words. Oh, speaking Ooh. of Jeremy, we got new themes. Jesus, I'm worse at this. We got new segment intro themes for Bread and Butter, for Main Topic, and for Book Club. You'll hear those throughout the course of the episode if you're listening to the audio version. Cool. Okay, but I'm done. Oh, I got those. Uh, Jeremy and I are also working on some other stuff for the YouTube page, and uh, I am now part of his Google Docs drive to work on the Subproc podcast. Oh, so, making stuff. I love it. Awesome. Anyway, I'm done talking. That's fine. That's, okay. that's, go ahead, Brandon. Hell it's, yeah. It's me again. Uh, because we went off break before Christmas, I did watch some more Christmas movies. I'm not going to talk about all of them. You know, Scrooge, Miracle on 34th Street, who cares? Uh, Christmas movies. 
Uh, Die Hard 2. That's a Christmas movie. Um, but I watched The Family Man. I want to highlight two of them only. The Family Man, which is the Nicolas Cage movie. That movie rules. I forgot. Yeah, it's a good movie. Oh my god, you know what came out of Nicolas Cage this week that I haven't watched yet? Well, get there, baby. Um, yeah, the, the Tay Leone, Nicolas Cage movie, The Family Man. Uh, Don Shields in it. That movie is awesome. One of the best Christmas movies, honestly. Um, and I watched... Okay, so I asked my girlfriend one day, what do you think happens to the letters from... Of, what, what do you think happens to the letters to Santa that get mailed? Not the ones that get handed to your parents and they open and buy you whatever you want, but the ones that the kids put in the mailbox. What happens to those? Ben, I think you know about this because you work for the post office. I don't. Okay, well, there's a documentary called Dear Santa about that. Uh, and it just came out this year, and it is wonderful. It is about a, a a nonprofit organization that the post office does to answer the letters to Santa that get mailed. They have a place that they call the North the North Pole. People who work for it are called elves, and they they ask people to help fulfill these these letters. Awesome. And it's really cool. It's actually yeah. nice. That's really um, cool. And it's something that the post office does. They've been doing it for 105 years. Wow. Ben, what'd you get for little Sally Sue? I, that's not my department. <laughs> yeah, the worst, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't work with letters. I work with boxes, okay? No, but it, what it is, it's, so it's a completely volunteer thing because it's nonprofit. So people can, in California, you have to do it online. But in Chicago and New York, you can do it in person. People will come on off the streets to this event and pick out letters that they want to fulfill. People get, give people like bunnies and puppies and uh, all sorts of toys and they donate things. It's a really wonderful, like give, gives, gives you hope and humanity type documentary. That's cool. And it's done completely earnest. So it, they're like the letters to Santa get mailed and the elves help with the hope, with the help of the post office. I'm like, Oh, that's cute. I love it. Anyway, so those are the two Christmas things that I wanted to, to thing. To, to, to talk about i watched anchorman movie's great um wolf walkers which is the new apple tv plus uh original animated movie um from the irish studio who put out Seek of the kells and um uh, song of the sea song of the sea and the breadwinner which came which was nominated for an oscar a couple years ago nice, yes. um but yeah this is their new movie the animation is gorgeous uh it's it's kind of like pencil fluid uh, like someone is constantly drawing the, the the frames in front of in front of your eye. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I really uh, like that. Since you brought up animation stuff, I just like I wasn't gonna. Did anyone else watch Burrow yet? The short that was attached to Soul. Oh, I just watched that. Yeah. Uh, super cute. Um, yeah. Two D animation. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I really like that. Um, speaking of shorts, I watched Canvas, which is the Netflix animated short. Um, that is the the one that didn't get a lot of play. Uh, guys, watch that. It's awesome. Uh, it's a, a black animated short. Ooh. People who did it are African American. Um, it's awesome. Really beautiful. Um, okay, dear Santa, Wolfwalkers, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the final Chadwick Boseman movie, oh, dropped on Netflix a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's good. That's good. I didn't realize it was it was uh, uh, produced by Denzel Washington. It's part of a deal he made from the guy, the guy who wrote Fences, which was a movie he did. Mm-hmm. Um, Chadwick is great. He ha- he brought a lot of energy to that role. I I miss that energy already. I miss him. Yeah. Um, Death to twenty twenty is fun. Uh, uh, it's a thing on 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 uh, Netflix. Hugh Grant is in it. And he's a lot of fun to watch. No. 
Midnight Sky yeah. is the new Midnight Sky is the new George Clooney movie that's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Beautiful movie. George Clooney directed a beautiful okay movie. Um and that's too bad. It's like it looks pretty. Um I think the ending's pretty good, but uh it's kind of a kind of a dull, but a dull one. But it's you know, beautiful. Um then I watched Uncle Frank, which is the Amazon Prime original with um Sophia Lillis and Paul Bettany. Um Paul Bettany plays a gay uh a gay professor who's really who's the uncle uh of uh Sophia Lillis. Uh that movie's really good. I really like that one. Uh What If, which is the Adam Driver Danny Radcliffe movie um that uh, that came out a couple years ago. Um it's called What If now, but it was originally called I think the F word. But um that's really charming. Danny Radcliffe is a very charming actor and in a romantic comedy it just works. Then I watched two new um uh foreign movies. Thank you to Mulan. I tweeted about this. Thank you to Mulan for being so disappointing that I had to expand <laughs> my foreign movie palette. You should uh I wish it wouldn't take a big Disney release for you to do that. You should watch one of the foreign Mulans. Okay. Uh, I've heard I there's one in particular I've heard is really good, but there's two out there that have come out in the past two decades that are you know solid. One of them is higher praise than the other, but they're both they're both better than the Disney one. <laughs> um but yeah, I needed something to fill my satisfaction and, and I watched a clip. Ryan, you retweeted a clip from Roni Kenshin, the live action Roni Kenshin movie, which was a fight sequence that looked awesome. So I was like, I think I need to watch these. Hell yeah, awesome. So that's what I did. I watched the three live action Roni Kenshin movies. There are three out right now. There's two more coming this year. Wow. Uh, and uh, but basically the the three movies do tackle most of the anime. Um, and the, I think and it's, the, it hmm? looks like the manga too. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's it's really goofy. It does really like lean into the fact that it's a live action anime. Not so far as Speed Racer, but pretty close. Um, so like the the sword fights are like an anime sword fight. Um, they're like sli- they're like jumping on walls and sliding down the thing and like flipping the whatever. It's it's really fun. All right. Um, the action sequences are really cool, and that's what I wanted to watch it for. The final action sequence with the dude with the bandages. She's um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the anime that well. Um, but because uh, I watched it ages ago on Toonami, but they, <laughs> uh, with that fight sequence is so awesome that it made the whole franchise where did you watch them on i bought i rented them on amazon prime okay man because i'm like uh, that makes me maybe want to watch them too. no because um, when i saw i, I saw his uh wait. no because i saw brandon's instagram post about it and i was like man i really want to watch it but unfortunately i didn't find time to watch them so it, I was, might, it was a seven day rental so yeah I might, I might just bite the bullet and rent it myself because I've heard nothing but good things about the about the anime, the live action Ronin Kenshin films, and you guys know Kenshin's my favorite. Yeah, so. I think it's a pretty good adaptation. I did watch them dubbed. Um, I, I think it's a from what I remember of the anime, I thought it was a pretty good adaptation. I wonder, did they bring the original voice? Mm. I don't know. I know that it's the Funimation, and they did the same thing for uh, Death Note, so it could be. Okay, because if they did the same thing for Death Note, then it might be the same voice actors. And then finally, probably the best movie I watched all week, The Host. Bong Joon-ho's The Host, which is his his Korean um, kaiju movie. We watched that for Halloween two years ago. Yeah, we did. That ruled. Yeah. 
that is such a cool, inventive, uh, just little indie kaiju movie. And if you like his his movies like Snowpiercer and Parasite, you get his sense of humor. He's darkly funny. Uh, really enjoyed that. I'm glad I finally watched it. I'm glad. Yeah, that's yeah. rule, man. Um, and I'm not talking about the host that uh, was the movie. The other Stephanie one. Stephanie Byers. Uh, yeah. Alien Twilight mm-hmm. movie, you mean? Yeah. Okay, but I did watch some TV shows. I finished all of DuckTales that is on Disney+, Plus, so not the third season. I watched the first two seasons. That show is amazing. The voice cast is spectacular. Some of the best animation I've ever seen in a, in a TV show, or period. Uh, the second season has Della Duck, which is Donald's sister and the mother to Huey, Dewey, and Louie. She oh. brings so much cool energy to the show. Um, they do a, they do a Christmas Carol version to get David Tennant to say "Bah humbug," and it's a running joke that he hates Santa Claus and nobody knows why. I get it. Um, and it, it's it's such a it, it's such an awesome show. It's a damn shame it was canceled after three seasons. I need to catch up on DuckTales. I'm, st- I'm still on season two. I just haven't finished it yet. Yeah, I loved when, when Della Duck comes in. She's she's so cool. Um, I forgot the actress who plays her, but she's great. She's kind of a, a combination of, of Donald and Scrooge. She's got personalities of both of them, mm-hmm. um, as well as personalities of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. So, okay. And then somehow like made her own personality. So she's got like a great mix of all these characters that we've been following. Uh, and it really like makes the sense that, yes, they're related. In fact... They, uh, Donald and Della are very close. Now, one of the the last episode of DuckTales I did watch was when Glomgold got his memory back. Yeah, that's a good one. And, Glomgold, no, South American? South African. South African, right. Yeah, he's not really Scottish. It's like, yeah, and, and when you look at his passport, I just look like the little jokes. It's like, you look at Glomgold's passport, it says, the most Scottish. Yeah, and and, and in a similar episode, uh, you learned that, that um, uh, Scrooge is over 150 years old. That's wow. Or even it's in, wild. Even in the first season when they go visit Duck Manor in Scotland and he sees his parents again. Yeah. Like, oh! He's like, what on Sunday? I fucking there's, there's a flashback to Della and Donald's childhood and Donald is voiced by the actress who played Huey, Dewey, and Louie in the original DuckTales show and I thought that was awesome. Um, so yeah, that's a great show. Can't wait for season three to drop on Disney+. Plus. I'm excited. I need to, I need to watch it. Um, okay, Cobra Kai season three dropped on January first. I watched that whole thing. That's a great season, and it 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 is exactly what I want that show to be. Um, I'm really excited about that show right now because they've teamed up. They're gonna fight John Kreese. Um, John Kreese on the show? No, jo- uh, the the <laughs> Cobra Kai instructor John Kreese. I'm Jeff. I'm Jeff. Um, he's. Uh, he's he has a line where where Johnny is like I don't want you I, I hate you is like and he goes Johnny you summoned me and it's like I like the idea that the show is playing off of the fact that John Kreese is actually a demon who is summoned by Cobra Kai's revival. Uh, and that's not actually what's happening because it's a real show, but I like the idea of how how they're playing that emotional demon. Um, so now he's the the true bad guy, and we're done with the. Danny is really the bad guy of the franchise bullshit. Um, so yeah, that that's really, really good. I like, I like that where that's going. Uh, season four. Hell yeah. Elizabeth Shue was in the season. She, she comes back up to the first movie. She played, uh, she played the girlfriend in the first movie and she shows up in the season. Got Hillary, a great arc. Get ready for Hillary Swank. That I'm thinking it's happening. It's happening. Hillary Swank could come back. That I watched the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I did watch all of Hilda season two. Uh, that is that dropped also. That show's delightful. Um, everybody should be watching that show. It's a great animated show. You watched one episode. There's a there's a movie coming out soon. Um, they're making a movie instead of a, a third season so far. So I'm excited. Transformers War for Cybertron Earthrise, the second season of Transformers War for Cybertron. We talked about the first season oh, a little ways back. You did it. I did it. Uh, it's better than the first season. Um, there's some interesting things at play. Uh, like they do kind of touch on the fact that Megatron could be, could like turn and not be on the side of the Decepticons. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they completely reverse that and say, nah, never mind. Um, and that was a bummer. The it's a little bit better in the sense that like Optimus is like dealing with the fact that hey, sending the All Spark off Cybertron was a huge mistake. What the hell was I thinking? Um, so there's some good stuff in there, but again, it's like, it's fine. Star Trek Discovery finished its third season. Um, and it got another new captain. For those of you counting at home, four captains and four seasons. We did it, guys. <laughs> we get, we get, we got Jason Isaacs in the first season, Anson Malk in the second season, Doug Jones in the third season, and now the main character, I forgot her name. Michael Burnham. Uh, I forgot her, her actor name. Well, she's now the captain of the Discovery. Um, it was a cool new setting to go into the 32nd century, um, way past anything we've ever seen before in Star Trek. It's really contrived that they had to be like, what if this future sucked too? Um, so whatever. Uh, and there's even a part where they're just like, maybe capitalism is how the, how the Federation will survive after all the dilithium and the galaxy blew up because that's what we did. And I'm like, you you idiots. <laughs> No, that's no. That's anti-capitalism. What are you talking about? Star Wars, Star Trek, what? It's, it was so weird that they're just like, other places in the Federation have done it already. Why don't you guys? And I'm like, oh no. Well, it was nice while it lasted. But Oded Fair carries that, that show for me because they got rid of the, the best character halfway through the season. Um, but Oded Fair is uh, Dadmiral Snack online. Um, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> he's Admiral Vance. He looks good. Uh, he's ro- rocking that Silver Fox. He's a great actor. Great new presence for Discovery. I hope we see way more of him. Good. Yeah, uh, that's Discovery. It's another fine season to another fine show. And I watched Marvel Legends, and I want to talk a bit about the first two episodes of Marvel Legends because there is some talk about online about how it's disappointing. Oh, I watched those two. Um, I just didn't think that they were worth mentioning, but go ahead. I want to. I want to say. I get it. He's gonna tell you. I wanted to. I wanted to speak on the fact that people are 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 talking about like, this is this sucks. This is the new entry in the MCU. It's like, we talked about on the show. Marvel Legends is a clip show. It's a clip reel about where characters are before the next, before the next time we see them. And how anybody missed that all is beyond me. Look, I will admit that like the press release or whatever the official description of what Marvel Legends is going to be does play vague to the idea that you're going to see like behind the scenes conversation or or like how yeah. they conceptualize the character into the films. Like a big deal. It didn't it didn't seem like it was just going to be a clip show. I knew that was the majority of it, but I thought we were going to get like when we went to go design Wanda, we interpreted her as duh, duh, duh. And when we were thinking of how to bring vision into the films, duh, 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 I was expecting that kind of stuff. 
and you don't get any of that. It is literally just a clip show. Um, but like I expected that, and here's my here's my kind of like argument for Marvel Legends. It's not for us. It's for my girlfriend. You know, no, I, it's it's for the people who don't remember any of these movies. I I only get why people are upset because like the description made it sound like they were going to talk more about them, like the next look into from, something from from like script to screen kind of deal. But sure. It's, um, okay. It is for people who like are MCU illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, us, but breathe it. I watched History of Swear Words. Of course you did. The new Nicolas Cage Netflix show, awesome, <laughs> really great. Um, they go into the into the actual history of where the, these swears like originated, um, talking about how like like the f bomb is consi- is considered an acronym for fornicating in the name of the king or whatever. Oh, the king's consent, yeah. That's right. completely bullshit. That's not actually true, and that's like been the prevalent myth. And so like people, they get historians of swear words, which there is, um, and they get comedians to talk about like how their favorite swear words and things like that. Um, they have a really great discussion about damn, which was honestly my favorite episode because they talk about how damn's not actually a curse word anymore. Like it should be considered one. Um, so there's the, there's, there's, there's a lot of great stuff there. And Nicholas Cage is great. Highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. I'm probably going to watch it this week. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish there was more. I read some comics. I'm almost done. I swear. We talked about future. Sw- we talked about future state. We won't talk about that anymore. I read a lot of comics, but I want to highlight just a couple because I read Hawkman, and it's the fi- final issue of Hawkman by Robert Vendetti. That book's been going on for quite some time. Um, I think since after Death Metal, or not the first Metal, not Death Metal. Yeah. Um, that show was consistently one of the best books that DC ever put out, and I'm really upset that it's over. However, I really like the ending because the whole book was about how Hawkman wasn't just reincarnating through time. Uh, it was time and space. So we go to like he's on he's one of his lives is on Krypton and we learn that his, his so he's like whenever he dies he could be reincarnated in the past but on a different planet or in the future and on a, and on Earth like there was like a bunch of like hopping back around with his lives and I thought that was a really interesting concept especially re- reinventing his origin to basically be like the 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 herald of Satan yeah um, and Shaira to be the herald of God and like that became that sort of love story and why they were reincarnated together. Really cool. But now his deal is now he is, he is done. He is, he has atoned for all he was going to reincarnate and save as many people as he killed. And that's why he's been reincarnating. Uh, That's why he's actually been reincarnating. So he's finally saved as many people as he killed in his first life. And he has done reincarnating. And God basically said, I'm going to send you and Shaira to your favorite life. And it sends them, to the 1940s with the Justice Society of America. Nice. Uh, and I thought that was a really great way to end them. There's more to the ending that I won't spoil for people who are reading it. I know you guys aren't, but it, I thought it was really a lot of fun and a really great story. I love it. Cool. I caught up on Thor. I also caught up on Thor. I read five issues in a day. I really like that book. Yeah, I, I wasn't disliking it. I liked that first arc. Um, I, just, I literally just spent 10 years reading Jason Aaron's Thor. And then I just felt a lot of the a lot of the character, the personality was gone. But I but I, he's it's slowly for Thor specifically, not the other characters, because um, the the book was very big and bombast and scale, which is what I did like about it. So I didn't yeah. I didn't mind the the personality was kind of gone. Now we're into like the Donald Blake stuff, and that shit just rips. That that yeah. is some dark, that is some dark mirror like reflection of who gods are, and like that's some some good shit. The Donald Donald Blake killed Jormungand. 
Don, yeah, so if you guys don't know, Donald Blake is the doctor that Thor became in the 70s and 80s. Um, and and what was just like a, a hapless, like a side idea, like, oh, let's just make him a human, right? And Jane will fall in love with this, this human character. Um, Donny Cates does what he does, and he turns it into the most metal, sad thing you possibly can do. And it <laughs> works. It really works. Um, it works for this character specifically. Because, um, like, what happens? It's honestly, you know what I was thinking of, Brandon? I was thinking of Wonder Woman 84. What happens when that person disappears? When you take someone's body, where does that person go? And that's what this book, this what this arc is, but like the saddest version of it. Yeah. Like someone who like was close to Thorns, like feels betrayed, but also now he's like, God, oh, it's cool. It's cool shit. You guys should read Thor. Yeah, I agree. I really like Thor. I'm I'm happy yeah. you're on the same page with me. Um, I'm not going to talk about this one yet, but I will talk about it. I read the first issue of Homesick Pilots. That book rules. That is one of the best first issues I've read in years. No, I've been praising that book. I've been talking about that book for my entire life. I'm so glad you read it. For my entire life. <laughs> since the first pixel of panel was since <laughs> its inception, you. I'm like, oh, yeah, baby. That's that's the book, baby. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed that first issue. Ryan, can you say Dada? Homesick Pilots! <laughs> Um, and then finally, I want to talk about Gideon Falls because that ended with its 27th issue. Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sor- Sor- Sorrentino. Sorrentino. Yeah. Um, that book was consistently amazing. Uh, scary as hell. I've had nightmares. I've talked about it on the show. Uh, and the ending is pitch perfect. Exactly what the ending of that book should have been. Good. Really enjoyed that. I dropped off of it a while ago, but now that it's over, I'm definitely going to dive into it. Uh, no spoilers. I'm going to nominate it for our book, for our Fickner Book Club series. Hell yeah. Um, we'll see if we ever yeah, do it. We'll, we'll pick you. Will destiny decide? <laughs> All right. This week, guys, time codes are going to be your friend because we are now getting to the bread and butter. We got a long episode, guys. Everything is time coded, going to be time coded below. Uh, you know the drill. Skip around if you don't want to hear three weeks worth of news. For those of you watching the live show, you're screwed. <laughs> well, they chose this. Um, all right. We got a long list of people who passed away in the past three weeks. Um, so we'll just go through them right now. Lynn Key, I believe that's how you pronounce it, um, who is an executive producer on the upcoming Netflix show the three body problem he died this week at the age of 39 because he was poisoned and he died on december 25th and i just think it's wild that he was poisoned in 2021 that's a bummer yeah yeah uh yeah, he was poisoned by a co-worker after after a dispute uh he was he was rushed to the hospital and he sadly passed away so poison john huber i figured uh, ryan might know this one yeah. yeah john huber is a wrestler for for aew um who's brody lee he passed away this week at the age of 41 yeah uh, i i don't watch wrestling anymore but um online um a lot of wrestling figures are also big fat nerds like yeah. spoiler for wrestling guys wrestling is just theater with 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 fake wrestling in it it's it, they're bigger nerds than most people in real life because they're acting 24 hours a day like that's the thing about i love about wrestling um that i discovered as an adult uh I would love to get back into wrestling one day. But anyway, yeah, this guy was great. He was a really cool dude. Like, I watched, like, a bunch of people posting videos online. He just seemed like a sweet soul. It's, that's, that's sad. Yeah. It's a Tuck Tucker, who was a SpongeBob 
animator and a Hey Arnold animator. He was also the director of the movie, come out in 2002. He passed away at the age of 59. MF Doom, a rapper. Oh, God. A Dr. Doom-inspired rapper passed away. Oh, I don't have the, I don't have the year who, how old he was, but he passed away on October 31st. He was young. I apologize if I don't have the... There you go. Yeah, um, right. he passed away yeah, on Halloween, and they, we didn't find out until, like, the end of December. Um, and I guess that's just his family's, his family's choice. But, man, uh, yo, guys, as a, as a white guy who, like, likes rap, like, my opinion doesn't matter, but, like, a, a, a rapper who doesn't just rap about, like, nerd shit just because like it's a cool thing to do mf doom is a real nerd like he he based his persona off dr doom he's the mask he's a masked face villain doom uh what i love about him specifically was he decided to wear a mask because he didn't want to be he wanted the music to represent the identity he didn't want to be like he didn't want his face to become famous so he put on a mask but what's funny is he became more famous than he could possibly imagine because he picked up a mask <laughs> it's really funny but like he like I was, I've been listening to his his music like all all week at work, right? Um, and there's so many of his lyrics again, like they just throw out random like random like Reed Richards references or Doctor Doom references, just like just for fun, not because like it's a cool thing to do, right? It's just like, yo, man, it's what I'm into. Right. Um, the dude's so good, and like, it's just a bummer, man. Like I, yeah. we still don't know why he passed, but again, he was hella young. Forty nine is forty nine, yeah. Um, he was big on Adult Swim. Like Adult Swim put out one of his first records, actually. Um, oh. that's how oh. I discovered it at a way too young age. And like literally, <laughs> literally like in 2005 uh, i was like 13. i remember seeing stuff on, yeah um on adults when, yeah. That's a bummer. yeah um legendary casting director mike fenton who uh, was the casting director for et blade runner indiana jones superman all those um and the final sharknado film the second sharknado film sorry <laughs> i love it there's like seven of those i think yeah yeah um he passed away this week at the age of 85. So. oh mm. Tanya Roberts died twice this week. Yes. Um, TMZ announced that she that she passed. Uh, she's the she's a, a Bond girl from A View to a Kill. She was also from that seventy show. Mm-hmm. Um, she she TMZ reported that she passed away on January third. Um, she was confirmed to be still alive the next day on January fourth, but she was in the ICU, uh, so she was in fact injured or sick. Um, and then she died on the fifth. That's a shame. Uh, yeah. TMZ, uh, they're the worst. I hate them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently getting sued before this, so good for them. Good. Good. Um, Marion Ramsey, uh, who, who most famously Officer Laverne Hooks in Police Academy, she passed away at the age of 73 this week. What's that? Dave Creek, a character designer for Bob's Burgers, um, suffered a series of injuries from skydiving and passed oh, away. Oh, shit. Batman, I believe at 45 i didn't write it down i don't know what's wrong with me but young also so yeah, yeah. um i apologize i didn't write a lot of these n- names down i don't know what came over me um brad venable who is a um video game and anime voice actor passed away this week at the age of 43 yeah this one because i follow a lot of voice actors on twitter and i i don't know what he passed away from but a bunch of like ben lepley um alejandro saab but all almost all of them were putting up candles i'm like wait what's going on who died hmm. and then finally they started putting up uh pictures and uh some videos of them working with him so apparently i don't know his work off the top of my head but if every one of these voice actors who i do follow said that they've worked with him once or twice then i probably heard his voice somewhere 
Sure. I, yeah, he's in Final Fantasy. He he's in he's in Final Fantasy Seven remake. Yeah, seven. He's in. I, if you go to his Wikipedia, he's not one of the guys who plays a lead character. But I'm not joking. The dude probably has been in like 200 things as like additional voices or extra character or side character. He is. If you, seriously, go to his I'm sorry, Wikipedia. His goes IMDb. He is in so much shit. It's insane. Yeah. That dude is in like every single anime and video game ever made. It's like really impressive. Yeah. Um, Steve Lytle. Who is a art? Who is an artist most famously from Doom Patrol and Legion of Superheroes? Uh, passed away this week at the age of sixty-one with a cardiac arrest. Oh. And then finally, just today, John Riley, who was most famously in the Nerd Circle, Hawkeye from Iron Man: The Animated Series, way back when. Uh, yeah, but most, he was mostly did soap operas, so he's a longtime soap actor. After he passed away at eighty-six today. And there's also one more that I was actually trying to put in the. Uh the doc but wasn't able to um tommy lasorda passed away this week Uh, that's more for me because he was a dodgers legend oh Uh, he was um the manager for the dodgers from the 70s to the 80s he or or the 90s and he took the dodgers to the 1980 world series of course Dodgers won that series they won again this year or last year in 2020 and he has been in the dodgers order he's essentially what we all thought kobe bryant was going to be um, he never, Tommy never played baseball professionally. He only made it to AAA, but he was a coach. He was a third line. He was the third base coach for the Dodgers and then became the manager. And even after he was done managing, he still stayed with the team. And even after he officially quote unquote retired, he always had his seat at Dodger Stadium. He was at every home game unless he was in the hospital and he was a special advisor. So he's been with the organization since he could play, since he was inducted or since he could play baseball. Very so cool. it, it was a big. I know you guys aren't sports fans, but at, for the city of LA, where we were morning number two, time was sort of yeah week. Um, okay, I didn't put this on here, but I just want to wish Tom Kane, uh, voice actor for Clone Wars and many other things, he's Yoda in Clone Wars, Akbar in, in Last Jedi. Um, he uh, suffered a stroke, um, but he he's still very much himself. They say, but he can only get a few words out right now. So unclear if he'll be returning to voice actor after this. But he is in our thoughts. Um, I didn't know where to put this, so it kind of feels weird coming off of this, but The Exorcist is coming back. They're going to make a sequel to The Exorcist. Oh? Um, Blumhouse is going to make a sequel to The Exorcist with David Gordon Green directing. Oh, The Halloween Man. That's getting in for everything, I guess. Sparks, did you say something? Um, I'm not against this or anything. Uh, the Fox television series, The Exorcist, the first season of it is a sequel to the original film, Gina Davis plays Reagan. a grown-up version of Reagan. Yeah. Um, oh man, they're just gonna do that, just a big budget, budget version of that. It kind of feels like that. Yeah. And let me tell you, that it's show, gonna, that yeah. show was good. It's gonna be that Halloween, show was, but that's... that show was really, really good. And it kind of makes me go, I don't need the movie of this. I really liked Gina Davis as grown-up Reagan and doing this uh, series. Um, this literally sounds like they're just gonna do the Halloween, but for The Exorcist. Like, yeah, Reagan's coming back. Whether it's a recast or it's just going to be Linda Blair, like uh, I'm sure it could be good. But like immediately, I'm like, oh, we ha- we just did this though. Um, the Exorcist show was way better than I thought it would be. I highly recommend it. It's only two seasons. If you get the chance, watch it. It's worth it. It's unfortunate it got canceled before it got to like really get to its uh, culmination. Exorcism. Um, uh, uh, his name's escaping me. Um, Harold and Kumar. Uh, not Kumar. <laughs> John Cho. 
Cho. John Cho. John Cho is uh, is a main character in the second season. He's the guy who gets possessed. Oh no! And he is a foster parent to a bunch of uh, kids who have no other place to go, and they're just trapped in a house uh, where he is slowly being possessed. I love it. Um, and it's a really good season. I highly That's recommend. Awesome. That is, yes, it's really really good, and he's really really good in it. And that is the follow up story to the sequel to Reagan's story. Okay. They're both really good stories. John Cho, you mean Spike Spiegel. I do. Cowboy Bebop. I do. Coming out later this year. Holy crap. Um, Coyote versus Acme is a movie that was announced and I didn't hear about it until now. Oh. Um, this is the this is a uh, an animated uh, slash live action hybrid film about how the coyote is going to sue Acme. Huh. Why? Because, because they keep all- blowing up in the face. Uh, all the products always go wrong for him when he's trying to catch the Roadrunner. I'm into it. Okay. Uh, coyote, not Wild E. Coyote. Yeah, Wild E. Coyote. Yeah. Yeah, I heard you say the coyote. I didn't hear you say Wild E. The movie is called Coyote versus Acme, not Wild E. Coyote versus oh. Acme. All right. Too many. Too many uh, I really hope they get Steve Martin back as the CEO of Acme. <laughs> um, however, James Gunn has been attached, is now attached to this movie as a writer and a producer. Oh, write it. Hell, make it funny. Hell yeah. Um, right now, the movie already had writers, jo- uh, Jeremy Slater, John Silberman, Josh Silberman, and Sammy Birch. Uh, they are all writing the movie together now. Jeremy Slater. Oh, he's doing something. Um, oh, Dave man. Green. Yeah, I think so. Dave Green, who is the director of the second Teenage Mutant movie, uh, and the director of Dear Echo, which is a found footage movie I quite enjoyed. <clears throat> He's directing the movie. Uh, I'm up for anything that puts more spotlight on the Looney Tunes at this moment, honestly. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got our first cast look at Justice Society World War II. This is the second animated film coming out this year after Batman Soul of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like to be in the same animation style as Superman Man of Tomorrow, which is, if it is, that's awesome. I like that animation. But we didn't get any footage, so we don't know for sure. But the, the cast was re- revealed to be Stanic Caddick as Wonder Woman, uh, Castle's own, the Spirit's own, um, Batman Arkham City's own. Yeah, that works. Matt Bomer as The Flash. Uh, Alicia Rotaru as Black Canary. Chris Chris Diamantopoulos as Steve Trevor. Uh, Ahmed Abtahi as Hawkman. Matthew Mercer as Our Man. Armin Taylor as Jade Garrick. Liam McIntyre as Aquaman. That's pretty good. McIntyre? McIntyre, yeah. That one. Um, Ashley Lothrop. Lothrop. Sure. As Iris West. Interesting. Uh, Jeffrey Arend as Charles Halstad, or the advisor. Keith Ferguson as Dr. Fate. And Darren DePaul as Roosevelt. Cool. President Roosevelt. Looks like. Uh, no plot, but of course it, it is, uh, you know, it is the Justice Society fighting World War II. Cool. Uh, they said that still that they put out uh, didn't sell me on it. I thought it looked kind of bad, but maybe it needs to be in motion to look better. If it is the animation for Superman Man of Tomorrow, I I, I really like that animation. I, sure, but like, did you see the picture that they put up? Because I, I did. Like, it, like that. Well, it did, it did kind of to me. Oh, I thought it looked worse. Yeah, 
but we'll yeah. see what happens when we see a trailer. Um, I like the JSA, so I'm excited for this. Absolutely. Um, hopefully it's good. All right, the CW is not moving forward with Green Arrow and the Canaries, the Arrow spinoff. Good. <laughs> um, I don't mean this in a mean way. I just mean, like, I'm all for that they wanted to bring the female characters from Arrow to the forefront. Um, I just didn't feel like with the the episode that was essentially a backdoor pilot episode that they had that they had a show on their hands that was going to be any different than just Arrow again. And I don't need Arrow again. I had too many seasons of Arrow. I wish they had done this spinoff uh, three years ago. That's when it was needed. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to see those characters explored somewhere else in the Arrowverse in a different way, but I don't need another Green Arrow show that's just Green the Arrow again. Yeah, I got that. I just don't. I don't need that. Even though I like those ladies and I'd like to see them play those characters, I don't need more Arrow. Well, Warner Brothers agrees with you, apparently. Although I really, really want to know the answer to some questions like how uh, Black Canary didn't age at all and why she transported for some strange reason from the end of Crisis of Infinite, of Infinite Earths into 30 years in the future. That's a good question. I also want uh, the answer know. to that. Um, okay. On the Monday after Wonder Woman dropped, which means uh, this was actually shortly after we did our episode, so that, that was a week later. Um, Wonder Woman 3 has been fast-tracked by Warner Brothers with Patty Jenkins returning to direct and, of course, Gal Gadot as Diana. Um, they were really quickly to announce that, like, this is coming, this is coming at you fast. I mean, good, because Wonder Woman 84 took too long to get to us, <laughs> so... It's, it's weird, because if they're definitely fast-tracking it, uh, Patty's working on a Star War, so unless she's not... And Cleopatra. And Cleopatra, also an interview with with uh, with Patty Jenkins before Wonder Woman eighty four came out, saying she wasn't even sure if she was going to direct the next movie, but she definitely had like she's involved with story and producing. We'll see when we get there. So maybe you know she's talked to them, and since then now we'll direct it. But fast track means yo, we're making that movie next year, not we're waiting for you to make two epic blockbusters first. So yeah, she herself has said, "I'm doing Rogue Squadron first. Yeah, so like, oh. unless that movie's happening like really soon, uh, maybe fast track in DC movies just means not take as long not as Man of Steel three, <laughs> yeah, or you know, get it out with it, whatever. Yeah, the Flash, Shazam two. Oh. Yeah. We don't want the Shazam Flash. 2. I mean, like fast track means don't be Shazam two, which has taken five years. It's going to take too long to come out from its yeah. first one. Let's be honest. They made such a mistake casting those kids as teenagers. My God. You mean those like young men? Yeah, no. it been since we got the announcement for Green Lantern Corps and they haven't said anything about it yet. No, it's an HBO thing now. It's completely different. Oh, that's right. yeah, there's no Green Lantern movie. No, I <laughs> don't believe um, it. Uh, yeah, I, I look. I'm glad Patty Jenkins is coming back because, like, you know, I, I I think that more female directors need to need to fail upwards. Yeah. No. Sure. Like, yeah, Wonder Woman is still good, and the movie she made before that is still good. It just this this newest one was bad. That's all. But. A normal director would have like her her someone who wasn't Patty Jenkins and the unfortunate reality of of film that is hopefully changing for the better is that if a female director uh, gets a dud that's it we yeah. don't see them for years yeah that sucks I'm glad that uh, doesn't happen here well I also think like it, it really depends who you talk to if Wonder Woman eighty four is a dud true spoilers for and our review it's certainly, it's certainly underperforming but is it a dud. Uh, um yeah 
that leads us to um, Walter Hamada, actually. Uh, he was in the news quite quite a bit. Um, Walter Hamada's contract has been extended. He is the president of DC Films. He's the guy that runs them all. Um, and I want to talk about this specifically because he's looking to expand the slate of films to four theatrical releases and two HBO Max releases a year. That's the more two, than the, the two that he's thinking about are Static Shock and Batgirl for an HBO Max release. Yeah, I love. Yeah, let's let's put the the lady and the, the black guy on on the tiny TV. Let's get all the, the potentially black lady. The, but also, but the potentially black lady because Jim Gordon's black now with Jeffrey Wright. Uh, yeah, that, that's whatever. Okay. You guys, you guys heard the rumor that that someone someone messed up the tweet that that led to to Michael Keaton being the main Batman in the DCEU, right? I I, yeah, that that whole thing was that. that whole thing was stupid. It was it was like honestly, if you went back and you read his response, it was obvious what he was saying anyway, and people just misconstrued it and decided to turn it into a headline. It's like, I was being pretty clear, but I guess I'll be I'll be extra clear. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that whole thing was stupid. Um, this yearly plan will start in 2022. So no, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. No, it won't. Are you kidding me? They can't even get Shazam two out yet. And they're saying four movies a year? Technically six. six. What, what four movies? Yeah. What four? Like, like Wait, I'm just Aquaman. 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 Flash. Aquaman 2. Flash. Uh, they're making the Black Adam movie. Okay, Black Adam. That could Batman. Be there. Yeah. Batman's this year, isn't it? New Gods. No, it got put in 2022. New Gods. New Gods. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Justice League Dark, maybe. Sorry. They can do it. Uh, no, no, they could do it, but they're not going to. They're yeah. not going to. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with Sparks on this one because DC's track record was like, hey, we're going to do a thing. It never freaking comes out. It got better lately, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's that is a. Uh... Let's see them consistently get two out a year for a little bit, and then <laughs> I'll, I'll believe that we can maybe do three. Um, <laughs> And this year, it, it it happened because one was at the beginning of the year, and then one was in December. I hate. Aren't we getting? Aren't we getting four Marvel movies this year? E- Eternals, Shang Chi, Black Widow, Spider Man, Spider Man December. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Um, but that. But to be fair, part of that is because of COVID. Yeah. True. So yeah. and and in in Marvel in Marvel Studios' mind, they never count Spider Man in the count. So it's always. Hi, <laughs> Luna. Oh. <laughs> Emma. That's Emma. It's always, it's always three movies as far as Kevin Feige is concerned. He's like, oh yeah, and Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, they don't push it past that. And like, my problem with it is that Marvel Studios earned it, even if they were are doing four movies a year forever. They earned it. Uh, DC hasn't earned it. And he just wants to, this is the same as when um, uh, Bob Iger came out and said there's going to be a Star Wars movie every year. Um this is the same idea where it's like, man, we just got to hammer that out and hammer it out and hammer. No, just like focus on just making good things and getting them out. That's all yeah. I care about. Like, don't, don't go in. Like we got to pump out four movies this year, plus two on HBO max. Every single film we make, we got to look for that HBO max spinoff. That's Every the next thing. One. I know. And I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. They, he said, and I quote, uh, every project we put out, we're looking for the potential HBO max spinoff. Oh, we are, we're going to be getting like the Aunt May That's, as a spy spinoff movies, but for DC now. He's basically <laughs> saying we're looking for six, four to six HBO Max spinoffs every year. And I'm like, no, man, no. <laughs> if, if I may, 
if I may, my gentleman. Yeah. How about no? Yeah. Please don't aim for quantity. Aim for quality. Yes. Yeah. Um, Walter Amada also confirmed that they're taking a more multiverse approach to everything, so their movies will not always take place. Whatever we knew that. That's fine. Like, that's, 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 that's what Jim Lee said at DC Fandom. That's not new. Yeah. Um, then he said something that angered a lot of people, as the, as as that happens. There are no plans for future Zack Snyder DC movies. And Zack Snyder himself confirmed that I'm not thinking about it right now. Uh, he specifically called it a cul-de-sac, which I thought was a really good way to... <laughs> I, have, I have the quote. I have the quote. Describe the Snyder Cut as a storytelling cul-de-sac, a street that leads nowhere. Do you know why I love that? Because it's not just the way he said it. It's because you can go down there, but you always got to turn back out. There's no destination down there other than like a pit stop. He's got to live there. Oh that's that's so good. Um, I'm sorry. I thought you said this was bad news. I'm like, I'm not okay with Zach. No. Snyder. So what happened was this this spawned the hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Oh, yep. that's where that bullshit came yes. from. Oh, frack. Yeah. Well, okay, because I did. Okay, I saw that. I didn't pay much mind to it because I'm like, you know what? That's not my thing. I'm not gonna go into it. I just want to stay clear, far away from that side of Twitter. I just thought, oh, they're at it again. I didn't know. Warner's that brought this that. on them. Warner brought this on themselves. You give them an inch, they're gonna take a mile. Look, yep. I really love, I'm not saying any, like, this is a 100% thing. I would just really like to see the Venn diagram of Trump supporters and Zack Snyder supporters. <laughs> how much that overlap is, is all I'll say. Um, probably, probably, yes. And specifically and the I, Snyder cult, right? You're talking about the Snyder cult, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Hey, the other guy I argue is a cult, too. I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm not talking about the people who are like, I like a Zack Snyder movie. I like a Zack Snyder movie. That's fine. I'm talking about the people who are like, restore the Snyderverse or DC is dead. Um, yeah. Those people. Um, well, yeah, so there there you go. And Zack Snyder himself said that. Um, I didn't think I'd get to do this. This is an old movie. Uh, this is it for me. I'm busy. But, but he still couldn't leave it at that. He still had to say, who knows? We'll see yes. at the end of it. Which, stop it. Yes, stop exactly. It. Emma. Emma. Um, oh, there I go. <laughs> I thought we slid off the thing. Or a cat walk in front of it again. That, that was weird being high just then. Um, okay. This leads us to Ray Fisher, guys. He's oh, back. <laughs> Ray Fisher update. The Ray Fisher updates are back. They didn't leave at all. Um, instead, lots of things came out with Ray Fisher that he had some words to say. Um, he refuses. Because of the extension on the contract for Walter Hamada, he is now refusing to work at Warner Brothers under Walter Hamada, so no more DC films for Ray Fisher. Ooh. I I don't know how many he had in his future, if I'm being honest, but... <laughs> well, I don't want you to believe that it was Flash, but that's definitely off the table now. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> and supposedly a Cyborg movie someday. No. Oh, God, I remember when I was teased in the very beginning. When he was hired, they said, we're going to do a Cyborg movie. Um, but this is the first time that he's ever publicly attacked Walter Hamada. Uh, yeah. He has only he's kept his attacks to Jeff Johns, Toby, and Ed, whatever, and Jeff John, not, and uh, Josh that, That's not true. Uh, a while ago, he said that the three parties most to blame that that he that he's saying are are trying to sweep this under the rug rug are Josh Wee and Jeff Johns and Walter Hamada. He did bring up Hamada. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Well, anyway, he said Walter Hamada is the most dangerous kind of enabler. His lies and WB WB's 
PR's failed September 4th hit piece sought to undermine the very real issue of the Justice League investigation. I will not, I will not participate in any production associated with him, A over E. I stick stick to your guns, man. I mean, there's a million other studios to work for. I'm there sure, are. I'm sure yeah. they're going to be just fine. If, if he feels like they have done him that, that wrong, then good. Yeah. Stand by it. Um, he also th- then said, it's weird how these reactionary announcements from Warner Brothers Pictures, this is about the extension again, um, always forget to mention that Walter Amada was working directly with Jeff Johns and Toby Emmerich on Shazam during Justice League reshoots more soon, A over E, hashtag Walter New. Shazam. Cool. Yeah. Then it was reported that he is no longer in the Flash film. He's been rumored to be in it since the announcement of the Flash film. Um, he he is. Uh, it was reported that he has been. He has asked himself to be removed from the movie, oh. which he had some words to say. I strongly suggest that the rap amend this article immediately. While I appreciate the reporter's undying desire to do WB Pictures and Walter Amada's bidding. It is factually inaccurate. I did not publicly step down from anything. If Warner Brothers Pictures has made the announcement to remove me from The Flash rather than address in any way Walter Hamada tampering with the JL investigation, that's on them. The idea of removing the role rather than recasting it is only uh, only being used to try to avoid public backlash. The WB Pictures PR team has struggled to regain control of the narrative ever since they failed to bury me and the JL investigation with their September 4th hit piece, uh, unsurprisingly, was written by the same reporter. More on WBPR and Jonathan Fuentes later. The fact is the Justice League investigation led to Warner Media and its affiliates parting ways with Joss Whedon. Jeff Johns will be following suit. Walter Hamada, uh, had Walter Hamada gotten his way, none of that would have been possible, and the cycle of abuse would have continued. My team and I are still in deep conversation with Warner Media regarding all these matters and Flash or no Flash. We fully intend to see this through. I'll keep you all posted. But in the meantime, thank you for your continued support. A over E. So if, if it is the case, if it is the case where he wasn't told that he was off the project first and it was just like announced, that's how he found out, that is shitty. That's always shitty. Well, like in any time an actor finds out like through the news that they're off the project. I, yeah, I, it's hard to make sense of exactly what the events were, but I know like the rap was reporting that he refused to be part of it. And I'm like, I just assumed that was based off him. They were just running a headline based off of him saying, I'm not doing Warner Brothers films as long as Walter Hamada is there, which basically says, I'm not not in Flash by association because they're not about to fire the guy that they just made the president of entertainment over this dispute, clearly because they complete an investigation and they clearly don't feel that Hamada had anything negligible to do with it or they wouldn't have just promoted him. So they're not going to fire this guy. So Ray Fisher making that kind of statement is him saying, I'm not in Flash. So I think that's how they were interpreting it. And then he's like, but that's not what I'm doing. And I'm like, I, I get you. Like, you aren't saying you're directly refusing to be in Flash. You're just, but he's just trying to reiterate his point that I'm not working with Hamada. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> boy, I really, you got to feel like the investigation had to turn up enough that like if Hamada was involved, like someone would know. I mean, like, you could say, like, big big company, all that kind of stuff. But, like, I don't know, man. 
he's kicked he's kicked up enough dirt. I feel like if Hamada had, and also there's the Jeff Johns news. I'm sure you have on there too. Right? I do. Yeah. So I mean, like that kind of makes me. I don't know. I feel like Ray Fisher has good reasons and everything. I just hope that like everything that that he feels so staunchly is accurate about like these people isn't just him like connecting dots because of what he does know happened and then just saying like yes Hamada was connected to it absolutely rather than you know kind of ballooning it. Yeah. Um I wanna I wanna be on his side. Yeah. yeah I do. Um I'll skip over to the Jeff Johns news because it directly relates to this. Um Jeff Johns has stated and that well Warner's has stated that Jeff Johns will continue to be a showrunner on the second season of Stargirl and the executive producer on Batwoman, Doom Patrol and Titan. So he is still working with Warner's. He has not stepped down. Um, Warner Brothers issued a statement to the rap. They like the rap. Wrap it up. Um, the investigation was conducted by an outside law firm and led by a former federal judge. More than 80 people were in- interviewed. We have full confidence in its thoroughness and integrity, and remedial action has been taken. The investigation has concluded, and it is time to move on. Warner Brothers. So that pretty e over A. <laughs> so that pretty much says that, like, as far as Warner is concerned, Jeff Johns and Hamada did nothing wrong. Yeah. And we're, and although they haven't made any public statement about it, we're led to believe that the only person they found of any wrongdoing would be Joss Whedon. And even then, that seems to be on a thin level since all they did was take him off a project rather than like publicly say anything. Yeah. It's a weird situation. Speaking of weird situations, Zack Snyder was in the news this week as I talked about a bit. But in that same interview, he talked about a comic he wants to do desperately with Jim Lee about the death of Robin. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. How nope. Joker killed Robin. Nope, 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 nope. You nope. don't want to see that for the 40th time? No, no, I'm done. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, but would be, a, I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He's like, it's going to be in the, it was supposed to be in the nightmare realm, and Cyborg was going to do math, and Flash was going to time travel, and they were going to deal with Batman's trauma of doing of having killed the joker uh, of having killed robin you have to relive that trauma and whatever you put this in the news brandon yep all right i see i see what you're doing to us slowly making us go mental <laughs> i don't want to read this comic come on, come on but he Zach. wants to do it guys doesn't he want to do it with jim lee he wants to do it with jim lee yes so it was going to be a comic that was canon to his movie yeah yeah I'm not against that. I'm like, I'm not, I had for a canon for that, like, whatever. It should have came out when the movie was coming out, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. That's a cul-de-sac, baby. <laughs> it's a storytelling cul-de-sac. Maybe um, he was going to explain how the Flash time traveled back to Batman, but yet he still woke up like it was a dream. No, that's happening in Justice League. The four-hour cut, yeah. What a, my favorite, my oh. favorite line was, the Joker is somehow involved in the stealing of the mother box and using it to create the treadmill. Cyborg is going to do the math. Yeah, you know, the, the cyborg math. <laughs> it's like, what a sentence. Don't cyborg is going to do the math. I don't want him to have anything to do with these anymore. I'm so don't tired. Worry, he has a zombie movie coming out. It's probably going to be good. I have Dave Batista. I'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, like, it's got a good cast. Like, I'll, I'll watch and, another. Uh, Tig Tig Notaro. Yeah, I'll watch another zombie movie by I'm sure. Tig Notaro was in uh, Star Trek Discovery this season. She's good. That's true. I love it. And so is David Cronenberg. That was weird. That's so weird. Um. Okay, Disney news. We're done with Warners. Bye, Warners. Bye-bye. Bye, Warner. Get the fuck out of here. Disney news. Encanto is eyeing. It's the next uh, animated movie that was announced at Disney Disney Plus's thing. 
Yep, Stephanie yep. Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine Nine and a Lego yep. Movie Two is apparently oh. being eyed to play the lead. Oh, nice. cool. good for her. Yeah, I like that. she's got spunk. And the Little Mermaid has cast Noma Demesweni. I apologize. Uh, in an undisclosed original role for the new movie. Undisclosed original. Uh, if you don't know who she is, you've seen her in like everything. She's. I can't name a thing, but she was just in that Hugh Grant show. I'm recently. so glad that you said. Well, if you don't know who she is, you you've seen any. her. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> and then, like, it all left my head. Uh, <laughs> it was just, I was like, don't worry, she's been in, and it just bailed. It's like, go, go, go. All right, anyway. Oh, God. John Reese Davies has hinted that he's in Indiana Jones 5. Asala. Hey. That I mean, would track because he's in every other one. Look, that'd be cool. Uh, I just don't believe it till it happens. Sure. Yeah. All right, here's the real meat. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is in the news again. We're getting, we're, we're rolling, we're running, guys. We're back. We're getting back into the MCU. Five days. Um, Speaking of five days, WandaVision. Gray Deloise uh, Griffin, who is a uh, voice actress, uh, Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender. She has a voice in the show. Oh. She's in the show. Uh, She was also Catwoman in Batman Arkham City, so that's cool. Oh, she has a good good voice. Mm -hmm. So she's somewhere in the show. That's cool. Interesting. She could be a bit like a cosmic voice or something. Moon Knight. Oh yeah, the cinematographer from Moon Knight let it slip that Oscar Isaac is in fact in this show. Sick. And just like Tatiana Maslany, no one will confirm it except everybody but Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead are attached as directors, uh, and they will begin filming in March. Yeah. Yo, these dudes uh, uh, are so excited. They're big, fat comic book nerds. They've made a couple uh, low-budget sci-fi movies that I haven't seen, but people really like. Um, like on Twitter, they're like, yo, I was eight years old when I read my first Moon Knight comic, and I'm signing contracts to make the Moon Knight show. I'm shitting my pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when like, nerds get to like have their dreams come true. It's so cool. This is going to loop back around to Marvel Cinematic Universe news, so watch this. Star Wars news. Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie yep. has a writer... Michael Waldron is attached to write this new Star Wars movie coming from Kevin Feige. Uh, and in the same press release, he, uh, they let it slip that a Loki second season is in development. So that's how, see, right back around. So this Kevin Feige Star Wars movie, is he just producing it? He's not directing yes. it. Right? Okay. No, he's producing it. Because okay, I'm like, like, I'm coming to the big screen. I'm like, you're going to direct it yourself, Cap Dog? Because <laughs> we keep calling Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. That's because yeah. he's the- and we know is attached. No, I know. It's just I forget he's like building the crew. It's cool. So uh, the Loki first season was written by Walter, uh, uh, Michael Waldron, and um, so I guess they like what he did, what what he did. So on to Star Wars. Cool. And then back to Loki for because it's the first one we've heard about getting a second season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect. Uh, I at least the implication early on was that most of them would be limited series. Yeah. Um. I'm certainly of the belief that WandaVision is a one-off. Yeah. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I could see the potential for another, but um, I don't think it would be soon. Um, Hawkeye, similarly. Ha- Hawkeye, similarly, but uh, but 
Loki kind of makes sense because Loki can kind of just it, w whatever it does in the show kind of for at least this moment and the foreseeable future is its own entity. Yo, he yeah. dead. Yeah, he dead. Well, this is this is the alternate timeline version. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, you're right. All right, guys. Yeah, I have Quibi news. Oh boy, you got to make it a quick bite though. Yep, oh. Quibi is back. They literally tweeted, "You have awakened me from my slumber." Because Roku has bought them. God. Roku. Cool. What a mistake. Oh, wow. Roku did a summoning circle on Twitter. Said, let's see how this works. Quibi said, you have awakened me from my slumber. Huh. And now Roku announced that they are going to have, they have purchased the entire Quibi library for less than $100 million. Oops. Um, and it will stream them for free on their Roku ad-supported streaming service. How does that give them any money? Hundred million. I mean, it's not that much in terms of like four billion dollar Disney prices, but like it was. It was Jeffrey Katzenberg being like, "Just take it. Just take just it." Take it. Oh uh, yeah, it makes sense. Sounds about right. Well, there you go. Get yourself a Roku. I'm waiting by. But no, you, know, you just need the streaming app. True, but I bet we're all running to get Rokus now. Okay, right, MGM. No thanks. <laughs> so yeah, it. Quibi's back, guys. We get. Oh, they not only did they purchase the library that already aired, they have purchased the stuff that didn't air. So like the Steven Spielberg uh, After Dark series. There's still like a bunch of shows like I'm seeing announcements for. It. I'm like, how is this stuff happening? Yeah, so we're back to we're back uh, uh, Quibi. You know what? I feel like this is that they just resurrected them just to die again. Yeah. Well, Roku's not going anywhere. It's, it's 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 been brought back to purgatory. Yes, like, it is constantly. Here's like 25 shows that like maybe some of you will watch over the next 10 years. Like here's that's 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 the library. Oh, you got. didn't you didn't want to watch me when you had to pay for my service? Watch me with ads, bitch. <laughs> I already do that. It's called watching Scott the Waz on YouTube. Oh my god, do you think there's an ad after every episode because they're only in like 10 minutes? 10 yeah. minutes. 100%. Oh, horrifying. Yeah. Okay, MGM is apparently looking to sell their entire library. They've been in debt for like a thousand years. I feel yeah. like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not surprising. Uh, they think they 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 think it's a, a five billion dollar offer. Um, because they've got James Bond, I guess. Yo, <laughs> do they know how much Star Wars went for? Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Yo, listen, I get James Bond, but he's kind of like an outdated sex. Do they know? So can do we, they know do that they... they made back the money for the entirety of Star Wars off of The Force Awakens alone? Yo, cut that. <laughs> cut that. Five billion down to like one billion. Then maybe someone will talk. Maybe. Um, Wait, did MGM yeah. own? Who owns the rights to Time of Jerry? Is that MGM still? Or that's Universal. That... That's okay. You... Hmm. Um, MGM, I think, probably did produce the original show, but I think Universal has the rights now. Hmm. Like like we said, MGM has been has been in debt for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, They've been yeah. bleeding assets. They can't even produce James Bond on their own anymore. Right, Sony's they're, been co-producing it. Studio is that they're their studio is just like a tiny little level of an office building that's not even mentioned. Yeah, I feel like the last three James Bond movies, like every time like the production and before and after have been like, oh MGM is like dealing with this shit now, and I'm like, I feel like this has always been happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MGM did not recover well after the uh, recession. Yeah. Brandon, you might answer this. Are MGM Studios and the MGM Hotel in Las Vegas, are they connected in any way, or are they like... I don't know if they're directly connected. I think they were at one point. I want to say yes, because the MGM in Vegas... But I don't know. still the MGM, MGM but... 
Anyway, so they're looking to sell their IP because they think it'll help other people's streaming services. So it's probably going to Universal or uh, <laughs> Warner's. Yeah. No way, Warner's won't buy it because they're they're selling everything to get out of debt. So Peacock, come, James Bond coming to Peacock. James Bond in the office. It's gonna oh, be so Lord. Lord. Buy him. Um, or Apple Apple TV Plus um, was said to be interested in in the new James Bond movie. So, oh yeah, a very quick tangent about freaking Warner Brothers and HBO Max. I saw someone tweet out about how the news that a few Batman films are leaving HBO Max, and they were just going on a Twitter rant about, "I was like, why am I paying money for this service when it's supposed to stay there? Why is this these going away?" I was like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, we've been saying that since the beginning, buddy. You're a little late to the party, but good on you for calling." Them they're, they're not wrong though. No, they are it's, not wrong. They are it's not a wrong. brand new service, and you're telling me that I can't watch the Warner Brothers Batman movie? Want to go on there and watch Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter? Yeah, Sorry. like that's. I don't think if they're at fault for someone like go, going to the service that will have it and then not being there. Like I, I in 2020, I understand that anger. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not mad at the person who tweeted. I'm mad, I'm still mad at Warner Brothers because it's like here, here's our service. I'm like, cool, all your IP is on there. Awesome. About that, it's like, hey, here's like. I remember when when I, I'm sure that the when the when the contracts are up, like Disney Plus doesn't have a lot mm-hmm. of. I'm not defending it; it's, it's completely bullshit. But um, like Disney Plus has things like, well, this is still contracted out, so wait till the contract is up and we'll have well, it on Disney Plus. I think that- once HBO Max, once Warner Brothers has run up all the contracts, which will be in a couple of years, especially with HBO, mm-hmm. um, I think that'll change. But also, like you got to remember the HBO thing; they only buy temporary licenses yeah. to stream movies. I get the one thing about Disney that I give them credit for, especially when before Last Jedi went on to uh, Disney Plus, is that they said flat out, "Is like this is coming. We just have to wait, but it's over there, but it will be here soon." Uh, I think the thing is when you are a person who had the DC Universe app, sure. where they had yeah. all of these DC Warner Brothers own things on there, and then you go to HBO Max, and those same things can't be on there. It's confusing and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, like when we were trying to watch all the Warner Brothers. Um, DC- that wasn't that hard. Stop making that. Stop making that sound harder than it was. I mean, it's a good example. If you are buying an app that says specifically we are going, like, it's really no different. If you are buying the DC Universe app that says we're going to have all the DC media content, or you're buying the HBO Max app which says we're going to have all the DC media content, it should have all those things. Uh, and it's crazy that it doesn't. The whole. Th- <laughs> They're, they're big, big, one of the big deals. Like, we got country, crunchy roll. Nope, sold to Sony. Yeah, I love this last one. <laughs> um, Paramount has acquired Monty Python Spamalot. This is just for me. I'm so excited. Monty Python Spamalot has been in development from Fox since before the merger. And then Disney was like, no, nah, we don't want this. Now Paramount's picked it up. Eric Idle's going to write the script. I'm stoked. Has I love that play. Oh, you, because you saw the play, right, Brandon? Twice, once in Vegas. Nice. I've only seen it once. I would love to see it again. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, it I is hilarious. It's good. It's good. I don't yeah, know. I'm a huge uh, Holy Grail fan, so Spamalot is freaking adore it. What'd you say, Sparks? I said it's good. I don't know if I need a movie of it. I've wanted a movie for years. Let me have this. I, I think I think my only thing is I'm like, I get Spamalot the musical. I don't get it when you have Monty Python and the Holy Grail the movie to be a movie. Hmm. I'm like, unless you're going to change up from stage to screen, lose a lot of the things that are referencing the Holy Grail in Spamalot. You do, um, uh, you you did this, that's no different than what the producers did. Wait, 
Well, that's true. But I feel like that was one for one kind of story, except yeah. it's music, right? Sure. Whereas, whereas, like, Spamalot is referencing the movie. And now I'm going to get a movie referencing a movie. Mm. Mm. That's what you're going And not, not in like parody, in like a, in like a, I am an adaptation of that other thing. Um, that's that's the only reason why I kind of hesitate because like you know I think Spamalot's really great. Uh, just a a good portion of those jokes are just reinterpretations of the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I'm I'm glad to get this. I love the Holy Grail. Bring okay, Jodie Whittaker. Bread. There's some there's some Doctor Who news. Uh, we don't talk about Doctor Who often on the show, but when we do, it's good news. I guess I don't know. That's not what I wanted. Jodie Whittaker might be leaving. Doctor Who. That's not good news. That sucks. Right. Nobody knows for sure. Nobody knows for sure. If um, if Jodie Whittaker talking last year is to be believed, no, she ain't. Um, yeah. But maybe something uh, changed. Uh, her last eight episodes. She's getting eight episodes this season because of COVID. Um, They're saying it's her last. So who knows? I don't believe it personally, but we'll see. I mean, every doctor. I mean, she's had how many seasons now? No, I, I don't believe it because last year she literally has a quote where she said, you'll have to pry the franchise out of my cold, dead hands right now. Yeah. When someone asked her about her leaving. And I'm like, that. I don't know if she changed sure. in just a few months from that statement to, yeah, yeah I'm leaving next year. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason I don't believe it. Uh, and then we're going to talk about an audio play, uh, an audio adventure, because I think this looks awesome. Well, sounds awesome, I should say. Torchwood absent friends will be reuniting John Barrowman, Jack Harkness, and David Tennant's Tenth Doctor in an audio adventure um, with Gareth David Lloyd returning as Yanto. If you any for any audio Torchwood fans from back in the day, Um, absent friends will explore uh, the city of Cardiff as it's plagued by the voices of the dead which have been sealed inside an abandoned recording studio for 17 years. In order to solve this problem, the doctor places himself in charge of Torchwood. Torchwood has been hunting for the doctor since 1879, and now they found him. They may regret it. Oh, I really, I really want to talk to the, or just like know the Dave Filoni or Ken Knapsack of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. He like knows the canon inside and out, where, where all the books fit where all the audio dramas fit. Yeah. Like, I want to know that guy. <laughs> uh, this is exciting, though, because obviously it's Jack and and, and yeah. the Doctor returning. I mean, obviously he's back on the new show, but it's David Tennant. And, oh, he's back in the Christmas special. Yeah. Uh, new Year's special, actually. Yeah. Um, John Barrowman and David Tennant returning. Uh, if you anyone saw the, the clip online, I don't know if anyone did, um, there's a brief clip online. It's just an audio thing. Uh, it sounds really great to hear their voices together again. It, it was brought a brought joy to my heart. Okay. All right, comics. Steve Orlando is coming to AfterShock again with a new project called Project Patron, which he is going to be doing with Patrick Piazzalunga. Piazzalunga. That sounds dope as hell. Um, Thirty years. 30 years ago, the, the, the world watched in horror as the patron, a hero sent as humanitarian aid from a different dimension, went punch for punch with Woe, a primordial uh, beast and a 
perfect match for our mighty protector. In the end, hero and villain alike fell, but the patron returned and continues to defend us to this day, at least. Uh, that's what we've been we've all been told. The truth is the patron died that day, and along with Woe, the UN replaced the patron with a reploid designed to mimic the real patron and continue on his mission of protection. Today, the patron reploid is secretly piloted by an elite team, a team prepared for anything except for the death of one of their own. So it's, it's, it's a superhero story, but the superhero is a robot and it's just a team behind the superhero. That sounds mm-hmm. cool, man. I'm into it. I love Story of Orlando. He's cool. It's a mech superhero. Yeah, it's a mecha hero. Yeah. Uh, anyone reading Commanders in Crisis? Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Okay, you, did you guys think that there were two little X books? Nephew, you know that opinion of me. Uh, well, the 12th X. Ben definitely didn't. <laughs> uh, the 12th X Men title is coming. I, I actually counted them. It is tw- This is the 12th. Um, oh the Way of X. Guys, remember X Men when Nightcrawler was like, I want to start a religion? And we all said, That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. This is the book. This is The Way of X from Cy Spurrier and Bob Quinn. Mutant kind is built in New Eden, but there are serpents in this garden. Some mutants struggle to fit in. Some mutants turn to violence and death. And the children whisper of the patchwork man, singing in their hearts. Only one mutant senses the looming shadows, snared by questions of death, law, and love. Only Nightcrawler can fight for the soul of Krakoa. Only he and the and the curious crew uh, he assembles, including fan favorite Doctor Nemesis, Pixie, and Blink can help mutants defeat their inner darkness and find a new way to live. This is the way of X. This is the way. Yeah, uh, Cy Spurrier rules. Uh, he's written X-Men before. He wrote a great X-Men legacy run. He also wrote a great X-Force run and a great Legion run. Uh, so him coming back to Marvel is kind of like Kieran Gillen coming back to Marvel after a while. It's like, yo, this heavy hitter's coming back, baby, because he just did Hellblazer at, at uh, DC. Uh, yo, baby, Nightcrawler and religion. Uh, I don't know what else the book's about. Uh, sounds cool, though. I did read an interview and Cy Spurrier said, everyone thinks this book is going to be about religion. And while, yes, it kind of is, it's really not the point of the book. So I'm actually curious what the real point of the book is, because that's kind of like what I thought Nightcrawler's whole thing was going to be. Probably Nightcrawler. I thought, uh, I thought we'd get a Moira book by now. That Moira book's still happening. I just yeah. I wonder if that's a thing where more time has to pass and more events have to happen before mm-hmm. she feels herself. Um, I think it's probably going to be more an exploration of through Nightcrawler, a challenge of faith in what they're doing on Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. I think I think Nightcrawler is going to become the epicenter of the questioning: Is what we're doing right? Yeah, that's true. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Nemesis, yeah, is a fan favorite, and and um, Cyberia has written him before. He's 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 a he's a scientist from like the 1950s, and he just he says things like, "Come on, blimey, this is amazing!" And it's like he's like the cheesiest like 1950s scientist guy, but with Dual blades, dual guns, he's sick. When, when you think about what we've read in the X books so far, um, I highly suspect that what's going to be happening in Nightcrawler's book is people who have been resurrected who are having questions of like, am I really myself? Yeah. Or am I a new version? The heavy shit. Where are they going to go for the answers? It's going to be the Nightcrawler's new new religion yeah. that he's. Did you, did you read answers? Did you guys read the latest X Factor? So I didn't know it came out because it wasn't on my pull list and it was sold out. So I didn't even know it came out until after I got home. Uh, I'll only say that uh, I think 
a similar thing to what you just asked is happening in X Factor right now. I mean, it makes sense because X Factor is the leading questions for that kind of thing. But I think people who have been around and I think where those questions are going to get explored and conversations are going to happen about it is going to be in the Nightcrawler book. Yeah. More like spiritual questioning and stuff. Yeah. Okay, trailers. Oh, right that. Look at that. This is almost just a little bit longer episode. We're fine. Coming to America, the new Eddie Murphy movie sequel to Coming to America. I think that first movie is great. Uh, I think this trailer is fine. I think I, I it feels just like a lot of, remember Coming to America? There's that movie. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I never saw Coming to America. I thought this looks pretty okay. I need to see it, see the original first. I, it is, it's a good one. I was telling oh, Ryan. I was telling Ryan when we were watching it that I haven't seen it since I was like 12 or 13. Um, so I need to watch it again and I'd probably reconnect to it more. But one thing I will say is I'm glad that they're doing it at a time when James Earl Jones is still around to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. um, okay. Uh, Earwig and the Witch had an American trailer, so in English. Still a fan of the animation style, but I do like Dancy Youth as a cat. So I think that the animation more than other animations is all the more hurt by the dub where things just feel horrendously out of sync mm. uh, in a way that even other Japanese animations don't. And I'm like, well, this is, this is just a basket of bad. Um, let me, let me be clear. Like, I think the story is cool. I just can't get, I'm having trouble getting past how ugly it looks and how much I wish it was in a different animation style. Yeah. I, I, I'm really actually digging like now that I know what it's about, and like I, you know, because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if the trailer had. Uh, I dig the music, the like subtitles, like when we watched it. Um, it did, but it was like it. all funky, and we couldn't. Oh okay. no, yeah, you're right, it didn't. Uh, but like, yeah, now that I know what it's about, like I'm, I'm more into it. Yeah, but just like, it just, it's ugly, and it just feels like you, you said it. For, it looks like video game, like a CG video game cutscene. You don't yeah. expect one of the leading animation studios in the world to have a movie look this bad. And again, like I, we're going to talk about Lupin next week. Yeah. Like you, you have that movie that is doing that same style, but they're doing it with so much more detail and flair. And it's like it should at least look like that if it's going to be this, but it doesn't. And I'm like, I just, yeah. I have a really hard time accepting it because this feels, the story sounds cool, but the whole process feels phoned in from the studio. And the beginning of the trailer is like, you know, it's obviously from the greatest studio in the world, Studio Ghibli. They made all the greatest animated movies. It's 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 uh, Hideo, uh, Miyazaki's son. Look how great this looks. And then it's it's like, oh, this looks like it came out twenty years ago. Yeah. Like yeah. like this is the next big movie from Ghibli. And I'm like, is it? Right. I told you guys what happened with the last movie he directed, right? Which one was that? Um, I forgot the name of the movie, but it was uh, the it was the first movie that um, uh, Miyazaki's son directed. Yeah, Ghibli. Uh, a, it's not that good of a movie. It's apparently Ghibli's lowest-rated film. And, is, that, uh, is this Arietti? I don't know if it is Arietti. I don't think it is Arietti. But I like Arietti. I'm just asking. I know a lot of people don't like Arietti. No, I don't think it is. I think it's after Arietti. But Hayao Miyazaki walked out of his son's own movie halfway through and straight up told the press that his son was a bad director. Oh, man. You know... It's not genetic. Cool. From up on Poppy Hill. I think Tales that's the one, yeah. Tales from Earthsea. It's not Tales from Earthsea. Oh. Yeah. I I um, Well, we'll get the chance to watch it because in February third is going to theaters and then February fourth it'll be on HBO Max. I mean uh -huh. I'll have the opportunity, but I don't know if I'll take it. 
Yeah, I don't know if I will either. Here's my thing. I haven't even watched all of the other movies yet. There's still ones I haven't. I'd rather spend my time watching one of the great Ghibli movies. True that. Yeah, I was. I actually got a good chunk of Ghibli movies done. Oh, yeah, I did do that this year. Holy shit. forgot about that. Oh, yeah. It's Ghibli. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? You really have to mock me for that? Come on. It's not mocking. It's loving. I actually <laughs> forgot that I watched a bunch of Ghibli movies I never saw before. Then, to be fair... In my mind, immediately what I pictured, because I watched episode one of The Phantom Menace while I was high this week, was the one pod racer that they introduced who goes... That's immediately where I went with the sound. So. I was I started watching Tangled, the series, to, uh, yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's, there's an episode where the king and Flynn have to go steal the royal seal from next door, the king next door. Yeah. And it's written for me because when they open that curtain, it's a real seal, and he looks like a dweeb. Oh god, <laughs> that show is so good. You that mean show like a- is really good? Yeah, have it's. Gotten- hmm? uh, have you gotten to James Monroe Iglehart showing up yet? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm very. I'm very early, but yeah, I like that. I like yeah, that yeah. show quite a bit. It's so good. Oh, I love that show. Um, the uh, the wanting mayor. There you go. Yeah. Yo, this is like real sad sci-fi. Super sad sci-fi. I'm totally into it. I'm not sure what it's about, but I'm I, into it. I told Ryan, oh, it's the fountain, but on a real lifeline. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I had to read the description on, on the YouTube video. It's like, it takes place over like 35 years, and it's just like, oh. in, a, in like a near future, and like a, a sad, sad drama happens. I'm like, cool, I'm into it. Yeah, it looks like, hmm, this is a science fiction film. Cool. Also trying to be super artsy. Got it. Maybe the crane get an Oscar. I don't know. Nah, nah. It, it, it feel this film really feels like we're sci-fi, but we're also art. Yeah, Look you know what? Things we are. Get, we don't get enough of that because sci-fi is allowed to be artsy. It's oh like no, it totally is. Aliens. It totally is. The thing is, when the, all the stuff that was going on, I was like, I'm watching this. I'm like, cool. Those are some really cool shots. I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's a sad drama. It's a sad character piece. The old people are also the young people. <gasps> Spoilers. <laughs> okay. Lockdown. Oh, um, this was the Anne Hathaway one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the cast. Uh, I was on board, more or less, until it got to... Uh, we are rich, wealthy people who are actually faring pretty well through this thing, but we're going to go steal a real expensive diamond because, you know, screw them. Okay, I totally understand what you're saying. I get it. I, I get you looking at you're looking at that at the so, as the social agenda. I get that. Um, however, I feel like this trailer buried the lead completely, and I was a hundred percent more into it when it was like, "We're going to steal a diamond." Yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought this was a movie, but going to be between a husband and a wife who are just. At each, at each other's throats. It spends a minute and a half of the trailer's runtime being like, hey, romantic comedy during COVID? And then the last 30 seconds are like, no, we're stealing a diamond. We're a heist movie, actually. Yeah, the second they said, yeah, we're going to steal a diamond, I'm like, what? It literally I, was like, going one way. Surprise, heist movie. I 100% agree with you, and I have no problem. I'm super interested in the heist movie during the lockdown. That's, that is an interesting concept. Uh, I'm on board with it. My problem is that that first minute of the trailer still counts for something, and what it establishes is that these characters are faring fine, and then they're going to steal a diamond. If they were 
characters not doing well, I'd feel differently. But like the worst thing happening to the wife is, yeah, I'm forced to fire people, <laughs> which is shitty. I'm not belittling that, yeah. but it's not. I gotta go steal this really expensive diamond, shitty. Uh, okay. This feels like it was made by a bunch of people who I said this to you, who really wanted to sing in that Imagine video that Gal was talking about. Like a bunch of really rich liberals who are like, man, it's it's tough for people out there. Let's make a movie for let's make a song for them. Yeah, rich people. Cool. Yeah, that's what that, that's my only thing about. It. Like the, the heist concept is really cool. Yeah. I that, like the cast a lot. Yeah. I just like that minute counts and those are those characters. And I'm like, I I kind of don't need to watch those people steal a diamond though. Can yeah. I see someone else do it? Can we see but I want to see me steal a diamond, not someone who can afford to buy that diamond. Okay, guys. I think we can go get the Declaration of Independence. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. I, I don't think I want it anymore. It's lost power. <laughs> it's lost value. That's so true. If Nicolas Cage can do it, anybody can do it. Apparently, I, I believe it's already been done. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, even, like, it's not even there. Anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, someone just walked in. Hey, can I have it? Sure. I really like some that fo- someone photoshopped in the the chaos at the Capitol this past week. Someone actually photoshopped Nicholas Cage with the Declaration of Independence. Out. <laughs> he took he took the opportunity to to, to seal it at that moment. Yeah. God, that Wait, was... in the Declaration in, at the Capitol building, I thought it was in a different building. It's, no, it is. It yeah. doesn't it's matter. Apparently... Yeah, it's there. The the joke is we can apparently just walk in. Um, okay. Malcolm and Mary. This was Zendaya, Don, John David Washington. It's one of the first movies filmed during COVID. I am a big fan of these type of movies. At, not all the time, because it looks like it's going to be like an emotionally draining drama. Uh, but I just really, really love a movie where two actors could just act. And that's that, it's just they're in a house talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, that's when actors really get to show how good they are at their jobs. And like these two guys, Zendaya and John David Washington, are obviously great actors. Um, Zendaya is so good. And like I just feel like she's like she's like a superstar. She might be a superstar, you guys. Like she's super talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, oh man, like it's in black and white. It looks artsy. Like I'm into it. I'm she into will it. be. Yeah. She isn't already. She will be. Yeah. I'm into yeah. it. I'm I'm into it too. It looks. I think it looks really good. I like John David Washington a lot. Uh, it does have my thing. You know, my pet peeve of of uh, having couple having uh, actors. One, the male being very much older than the woman. I agree. I agree. It bothered me too. Yeah. How old is John David Washington? John David Washington is six years older than I am, and Zendaya is twenty-four. Yeah, it's it's a it's a over ten-year gap. Um, it's, I mean, a, it's I, a little it's a little much. I mean, it's I, a pet peeve. Um, it, yeah. every movie does it. I hate uh, those those Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper movies for this. Not not every movie does it, but a lot of movies do it, and it's just yeah. a trend we wish we would change because like there are younger black actors of maybe. Yeah notable profile who could have played that role and it would have been fine that's true yeah uh john david washington i still want to play t'challa so yeah yeah I can see not it. gonna happen but i wish that would happen yeah okay um i just threw this on here uh fall guys is getting a dune crossover doom dune dune doom, doom. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. I said Dune on accident. I apologize. It is Dune. In the background. I'm so excited, and I sent it to Matt this morning. <laughs> <laughs> is he 
Yeah, he's he, he's yeah, hold on. <laughs> you guys vamp for a second. I'm gonna find a map text. I haven't played Fall Guys in a while, but man, it's they been a while for me too. But if the Doom guy is the costume that I can gain, I can earn crowns to, and the new season happens, so that means I, I should get a lot. Of cr- I should get ten crowns quicker just by leveling up. I might be playing uh, Fall Guys once we're done recording, so I can get yeah, the. the uh... I think the costume is really cool. I've never played Doom. Doom. God, I did it again. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, from our friend Matt. You know, I grew up playing two kinds of games primarily, platformers and FPS games. Every now and then, people would show concern because I was somewhat young to be playing games like Quake, Turok, or Doom. They worried that these games ve- may make me violent. Arguments we've all heard a million times, but never, never did those games fill me with the kind of violent rage I experienced when I played. <laughs> guys these anti-gay people are looking in the wrong direction it's not the dude with the chain gun you need to worry about but these fumbly little vienna sausage looking mother effers oh, god <laughs> i felt that rage when i was going for godzilla yeah. yeah, exactly. And he's felt that rage a lot, but he's been playing it. And now, now Doom is coming. And he's like, oh, the gauntlet. The gauntlet <laughs> has been thrown. I actually oh, really man. want to try and get the Doom guy costume for my wall guy. <laughs> All right. I always able to get Godzilla because Fanny was able to win the final crown for me. <laughs> oh, you had your girlfriend help you. I, I slaved. No, no, I, you earned that. You earned the costume. I had help. Okay. Outside the Wire, the new Anthony Mackie Netflix movie. Oh, yeah, that looks awesome. Oh, it looks yeah. Reminds me of Metal Gear. I like, uh, see, it's like, I hate real war and real, like, military politics, but, like, fake sci-fi war and sci-fi politics, I eat that shit up all day, baby. So, like, I, I, just, I hope this isn't, like, bad. It looks cool. I like robots. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Space sweepers. I thought this yeah, looked awesome. This looks yeah. like the most to have sweeper in the title ever <laughs> god uh i am not worried about space dandy space dandy is good space dandy is good or oh, sorry i'm not my bad cowboy, cowboy bebop there you go cowboy bebop i was like i, don't know, I like space i am dandy. not worried about cowboy bebop on netflix now yeah 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 no, this looks, no. Um, yeah they're like there's like scrapyard scat like uh, salvage people in in space but it's like they're they got a bunch of robots it's like the weird future it looks the the cgi looks incredible the 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 tone is so fun yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very i'm very into it yeah me too i'm glad i accidentally saw that on twitter i saw i saw it on facebook and i was like man this looks rad i i have to say netflix's plan to help uh assuage its debt of appealing to international markets is really working for me because if they keep getting material that comes from different places that is this solid looking i'm all for it i'm like i want to be more on board with this kind of stuff like go for it go go man go i I really hope that godzilla singular point is good me too oh yeah Mm -hmm. that's this year okay that's making that again i forgot it looks 2d though so there's a plus anime fool me once shame on you (laughs) fool me twice i kill you (laughs) (laughs) okay from the makers of powerpuff girls comes kid cosmic yeah to netflix right yeah 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 uh uh, many of these trailers i'm a big fan of including this one i love the style of it yeah me too i think it's the name kid cosmic that's such a good name sounds really fun Mm -hmm. yeah i'm really excited for this one 
what is this going to be? The five minute documentary about how you all got killed at this battle? Because I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I like the old the old man. Hey, what's going on out there? Oh, I'm just trying to get her head back. <laughs> the old man whose powers is to make more of himself. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I put this one on here because I was feeling nostalgic because I just finished Cobra Kai season season three. Uh, More than Miyagi, the Pat Morita story, story about Mr. Miyagi himself. Uh, Pat Morita super deserves a story about like this. This seems oddly tonally depressing. Yeah, yeah. it it seems like like we're trying to solve his murder. Like at the it's, end, like it like right, it's right. like what happened to Pat? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so dark. Yeah. Like, usually with these things that I get, like if somebody passed away, you like you want to remember them and the good and the bad. But this, like again, like the entire tone was like negative in a way. And I'm like, not at the beginning. Like, it like it like yeah. it like spins downward, and yeah. then it never. Usually these trailers like go back up. up, and this one just never did that. It just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It was it was like Pat Morita created the most iconic character. He had a drinking problem and a drug problem, and blah blah. blah. <laughs> You're like, pull up, pull up. No pulling up. No, yeah, because I'm watching this trailer. It's like, okay, it's gonna do the what doc, what biopics or documentaries like this do. They go, it's like he was happy, then the sad stuff, and then it's like here's the a little bit of the road to redemption. What you're gonna get if you watch the whole movie? But it just kept going down and down and down and down. And I'm like, please stop. That's his life, and it was just only sad from after there. So like, oh, don't even make it. Well, I'm really interested if they're gonna tie in any of the like. I'm sure they will, because this obviously was was part of the the problem was uh, Pat Morita being kind of disliked by a lot of his, like his cultural community yeah because uh like a whole lot of people not necessarily his community but uh, a lot of asian communities in america had a big problem with pat morita because he played mr miyagi and they felt like it was very stereotyped wow. uh, in a sense because pat morita doesn't have an accent didn't have an accent he's very american yeah extremely american in his real life and uh and they felt like he was very phony representation yeah um so I wonder how much that's going to play into it for sure. But I definitely, it, it, I, I hope the documentary doesn't end in the same like downward spiral negative tone that this trailer did, because that definitely puts me off of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that was just weird. Usually you don't get that in these kind of trailers. It usually yeah. spins around towards the end. Yeah. Did you guys watch Skyfire? I, I wish I didn't. <laughs> no, actually, it's, it, it, should look, it looks fine. It looks kind of fun. It's one of those where they get like an American actor to be in it for probably like five minutes and he gets main credit. Like it's got it's got a big budget. I just I don't think disaster movies are my thing at this point. Like I think I think I've seen the best of them. Yeah. And I don't I know think, if they can get better anymore. I agree with that, yeah. By the way, Tomorrowland is an incredible movie. Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. Uh for um, context, Brandon tweeted out, uh, does any does anyone else feel like uh, we just we're just creating stories that are hopeless about the future and everything is bad and there's no hope for what the future is? And I'm like, literally, that story is Tomorrowland because <laughs> that's all that movie's about. Well, because I was reading, I was reading, uh, I just finished Star Trek Discovery, which had a contrived way to make a future bleak. Uh, Star Trek Picard has a f- bleak future for everybody involved in Next Generation, and then I'm reading the next Batman, which is a, another story. Which is why I was disappointed in the whole thing. It's just another story where. Uh, or a, a paramilitary force take over Gotham and make a fascist state. I was like, I've seen this a million times and there's yeah. nothing here that I haven't seen before. I'm kind of bored. So, yeah. but like, it's a, it's a bleak future. Why, why isn't Batman's futures ever good? Yeah. He just wastes his life being Batman. Well, cause then he wouldn't have to be Batman. Right. 
But like, awesome. and so like, so reading all that, so I'm like, I just can can I read one story? Can I watch one story where the future is fine? Yeah, read um, all new Wolverine's uh, future arc, all uh, old woman Laura, where she actually helps prevent a bad thing happening, and the future is really dope. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I have to admit, future still ain't good in this one either. Well, it's just it's just like like Star Trek Picard. Star Trek is meant to be. Star Trek is meant to be hopeful. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, and so they're like, so they're like, what if we did that, but the opposite? Well, that's again the people behind it. Just like, yeah, they don't make Star Trek how Star Trek should be. You know. Anyway, that's it. Skyfire. That's that ends it. So now we are going to be talking about our top ten from two thousand and twenty. Uh, a year riddled with strife. Some say we're still in it. Um, but we're going to talk about what our tops were. We do this every year when we come back from hiata, hiatus. Um, so there, so here we go. Uh, who wants to go first with their top 10? Are we, are we, are we individually blowing through them all? Or? Last time we did it round Robin. We pit, we, we did one past one pass, one pass, one. Should we, we all do, more fun? Should we all blow out our honorable mentions first in that order? No, we'll do that last because I'm not, I'm not ready. Oh, okay. Well, okay. then we should do honorable mentions first because they're not as good as yeah. the thing, so they should also, not. I don't have a, I don't have a whole lot of stuff to say about my honorable mentions either. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just gonna name them. Yeah. If you guys want to do that, that's fine. But we didn't yeah. last time. All right. You go first, Ben. Okay, I go first. Uh, all my mentions that I really enjoyed in 2020, uh, Onward, uh, Fall Guys Among Us, Mario 3D All-Stars, and the documentaries High Score and Console Wars were all things I highly enjoyed. They were they were solid. They were good. I mean, for me, I mean, there's some few problems here and there. I know I wrote about Console Wars and about High Score on OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Uh, Fall Guys is still fun, but I always find myself falling. Oh, okay, that was a bad joke going away from it and then coming back when there's like a new skin and a new costume to get, and then just going back into other games. All stars was just a straight up port. Um, there was nothing new. And actually I do have a bummers list and I'm just going to knock it out. One of my bummers is how Nintendo handled Mario's 35th anniversary. Uh-huh. I actually, originally at first I was like, okay, this is awesome. But after watching the completionist about it, he's actually really right. And Nintendo kind of messed up. The only thing we got in game wise was 3d all stars. And that's only for a limited time. It's only until March. The same thing with Mario 35, the free-to-play um, Battle Royale game where you only pl- where you play the first Super Mario Bros. and you against 34 other people. That yeah. will go away at the end of March. It's not stay here to stay. It will be gone. So if you have it, if you downloaded it on your Switch and then it's past the date, it's going to be gone. It's dumb. So... It, I mean, because for Mario's 30th, we got Super Mario Maker, an amazing game, a true celebration of Mario. Whereas now it's like, here's three All-Stars. It's not HD. We just made things a little crisper, and that's it. Yeah. So sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. Me being able to play Super Mario 64 and uh, Galaxy and Sunshine on a newer system, hell yeah, this is great. Those games are, are really expensive to get. But they still could have done something a little bit better. I did not sure. do a bummer list this year. Neither did I. I, I didn't, I didn't either, but it would only be one. And we recently reviewed it. I don't think I need to say it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So, I think yeah, I don't need 84 more reasons to explain why I don't like that actually, movie. I wrote slash stuff I hate. So the other, so that Mario 35 was a bummer. Can you uh, run through it? Because I don't want to spend too much time in Armistice. 
Artemis Fowl Mulan, they suck. Mm. Oh man, I forgot Artemis Fowl. That was you're right. That was pretty bad. It, oh, bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do honorable missions. Um, The Last Kingdom. The Last Kingdom. Uh, the I got to put it on here because the newest season came out this year. Even though the show's been on for five seasons or whatever. Um, I watched all of that show in a span of a month, and that's like. One of my new favorite shows. I think it's great. It's all about uh, the Viking invasion of England. Last Kingdom's great. It's on Netflix. Check it out, baby. Invisible Man. That movie came out one year ago. I forgot it came out in January until people were putting it on their list. I'm like, great. That movie is really good. That movie's sick. Remember that scene in in like when they're having dinner and then like the Invisible Man cuts that lady's throat and puts the knife in her hand. That's sick, you guys. I watched That's that. Invisible scene. Man at number nine. That's good. Hey, I I there's a lot of things. Well, you wait, you wait. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We can still talk about it more. Don't worry. Um, Animal Crossing, I didn't put that in my top 10 because that's something that I came back to kind of for the seasons, even though during the pandemic at the beginning, it really it was really nice there for like a solid month, but it's not something I returned to as much. Um, Miles Morales Spider-Man, that's another really, really great Spider-Man game. If that was the first Spider-Man game, I'd probably put it on my top 10, but it's another one of those. So it's a really, really good one of those. Um, Bill and Ted Face the Music, I was surprised how much I really liked that movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't think you need to, to like those movies or seen those movies to enjoy this one, but you can. Uh, it's just a nice, nice, uh, fun piece of entertainment. That's my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, in no particular order, The Invisible Man uh, is also my honorable mentions. Uh, Glow, which I watched this year, but season three specifically came out this year, mm -hmm. was a fantastic season. That show should not have been canceled. It's bullshit, uh, but that show is fantastic. Um, Pixar's Soul is in my honorable mm -hmm. mentions. Mm -hmm. uh, Freeform's Everything's Gonna Be Okay, mm -hmm. uh, which my friend Kayla Cromer is uh, in. I'm obviously a little biased, but biased. I also think that show is really, really good for what that show is doing. I think it's fantastic. Um, I do think more people should watch it. It's not long. Uh, Netflix's His House is in my honorable mentions because I really, really like that movie. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't quite break my top 10. And finally, Freeform's Motherland Fort Salem because that show is a kick-ass female witch show. And I'm show. so glad that that show is coming back for another season. So that's that, witches. my honorable mention. Witches are dope. Okay. Okay, I got it. <clears throat> Wizards. Uh, this is the third the third show from the Troll Hunters franchise that dropped this uh, this past year. Um, I really like that franchise, and I, Wizards was no exception with uh, the story with the Green Knight and uh, uh, going to Arth the Arthurian times. I really like that franchise, so it was cool to revisit those characters this year. Um, I will highlight one specific episode of Hilda that is in my honorable mentions, which is episode from this season about uh, the origins and the deer fox that she carries around. Um, that uh, is more explored what that species is and things. Excellent episode. Made me cry. Uh, one of the best animated episodes I've seen. I couldn't... I wanted to put DuckTales on my list, but I couldn't because I didn't see anything from this year. That's... I had... I did a lot of that. Where I'm like, I yeah. watched so much of this show that came out in 2018. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's not on there. Yeah, yeah. put it in there. Yeah. Okay. Ten of Swords. The uh, X-Men event is in my honorable mentions. Um, and I think I got 10. So then, yeah, Spider-Man Miles Morales would be my final honorable mention. Right on. Honorable. But that was in my top 10 until I put something else in there. It may switch by the end of the episode. Who knows? All right. Ben? Yeah? Give us your number 10. 
Number 10 is, drumroll please. No. I didn't hear Sorry. what he said. What did he say? The Sonic the Hedgehog film. Oh, that oh. did come out this year. I forgot. Awesome. Yeah. That's so, in your top 10. So it's He's low. Fanboy. Yes. I'm and... a DC fanboy. None of those films make it. Oh, never mind. That's a lot. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> twice, twice now. That's tw- that's a lie twice now. So, Sorry. so Sonic the Hedgehog, it's not a perfect movie, but it was still fun. I still had a great time. I still enjoy watching it to this day. It's not one I constantly rewatch, but the performances done by Jim Carrey and Ben Schwartz are fantastic. He Ben Schwartz does a great job as Sonic. I'm actually okay with hearing his voice over Roger, or not over, but I'm not mad hearing his voice outside of Roger Craig Smith, the the voice actor or the current voice actor for Sonic the Hedgehog. And of course, Jim Carrey's performance as Dr. Robotnik is hilarious. It's not to a T as the Ivor Robotnik we know in the video games or in the comic books, of course, but it's still fun. You still see him as like, that's still Robotnik. That is still... That's still Ivo crazy bat chick crazy robotic, and it's still, it's got it has its highs, it has lows. But as a, a moot film that I thought was just gonna crash and burn, it was just gonna die. It was gonna be dead arrival. It was gonna be god awful. Turned out to be pretty, pretty okay. Pretty okay, not pretty okay, but pretty good, pretty decent. Did and you I remember, hear the news about Knuckles? Yes, I did hear the news about Knuckles, and I'm okay with it. I mean, cool. I got. I mean, we're we're not going off straight from the games here, but I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. You don't you don't need to comment any further on it. Yeah, but I liked it. I liked it. It was it was refreshing to go see a Sonic movie that I thought when I was walked into it, I was gonna walk out of it just hating its name, cursing it, like burn it at the stake. But now I'm like, no, I'm glad it happened. I'm happy that I'm happy with what I got. I definitely would have hated it if it had kept the original design. Uh, oh, everyone would have. Done. I mean, ugh. praise be to Tracy Yardley. Oh my God. Okay. Hey. Anyway, Ryan. My number ten. Hey guys, have you heard about Star Wars? Ooh. My number ten is The Mandalorian. Woo! Um, I thought season one was pretty. Can I pause you real quick. <laughs> yes, you can. My number ten is also The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought season one was pretty good. Uh, I think season two is better in pretty much every way. Um, obviously we talked, we have a whole fake nerds watch if you want to talk to us. Yeah, yeah. We're going to review about it, but, uh, I think season two is pretty good for the most part. I Just agree. Little, little, little things I don't like. Most, most of it's pretty good. Um, I felt like what pushed season two over the edge for me was just so much in that show are things that I'm going to go back and be like, man, that's just good Star Wars right there. Mm-hmm. Crate Dragon episode, yeah. uh, the stuff with Bill, Bill Barr, mm-hmm. um, that's that's such a good episode and more than anything like us being able to have the deep conversations we were about star wars lore or what it could mean for outer rim politics and all that kind of stuff is exactly why i love the mandalorian season two and that's what earns it right into my top 10 for sure uh, right number 10 so my so i do have the mandalorian on my list but it's mm. just wait we're doing it one by one and you can okay. talk about it. i only went because we were both at number 10 okay okay my number 10 is also no it's not <clears throat> um no my number 10 uh is going to be the immortal hulk it was last year's and not last year's number 10 uh this year the series still goes and we got who the villain was of the main series this year that book is consistently one of the greatest books i'm reading period uh i, I loved it the king in black tie-in was awesome also um that that series 
uh, should get all the all the accolades. I I I adore it. I can't believe that that book is like what issue is it on now? Do you like thirty seven? I think. Yeah. Not a single bad issue. Yeah. Nope. Like truly, like like I read a lot of really good comics. Where like, oh, this issue is pretty good, but every single issue of Immortal Hulk is like better than every comic ever made. And like, <laughs> like how how is this book this good about the Hulk? And so like, I can't believe it. I just can't believe that book is as good as it is. Like almost forty issues in. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Then your number nine. Number nine is The Invisible Man. That movie was great. I had a blast watching it. It was such a good thriller. And I love how they, one of the reasons why I loved it so much was how they took the invisible, how they turned the invisible man into something that could, that was believable for modern day. Because wasn't the original man, he like gets, he like drinks a potion or something gets poured on him and he turns invisible. Yeah. You know what I really love about it is how a lot of the time it's framed as if there was a person in the frame. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's not. So just just the uneasiness of the main character's name, who I completely forgot, but just feeling her uneasiness and all the jump scares when like the paint falls or when the abusive boyfriend comes and smashes the car. Or the greatest scare in the whole movie when she throws the paint on the dude and he's right there. Yeah. Just seeing just seeing how they took the invisible man, which which could have it could have been bad, but taking it in a way that was just great and just creepy it turned into it was a great thrill i highly recommend it it was such a good movie i really really love universal to do more with their like classic monsters slash thriller or horror characters in ways like this yeah. it doesn't have to be 100 believable but at the same time believable enough I, I don't even think like believable is necessarily what i apply like if you're trying to translate things like monsters the werewolf or whatever like uh i don't think it needs to be that but like this was just a really good to like way to modernize, yeah. which is a more important thing. Like it doesn't need to be realistic, but it does need to be more sensible yeah. to modern. Time. I think that's why I was trying to go was I just want, because this was a modern version of the invisible man that worked very well. Now yeah. if they were to take a modern version of like a uh, Frankenstein's monster, Dracula. Uh, Frankenstein. Yeah. Dracula <laughs> untold. Yeah. Uh, I can I, keep going, baby. Game was on. Game was on. But The Invisible Man worked for me, and I highly enjoyed it. And I remember thinking, I was like, damn, that was a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, it is on my list somewhere. You'll have to find out where. Number nine for me, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Hey, guys. I became a fan of Harley Quinn this year. Not just because of the movie. There's also a television show that came out that I forgot to mention. Was the second season this year? Yes. Both were this year. Jesus. No, just the second. I checked. Anyway, that should that probably would have been on a on a, uh, a honorably mention or whatever. But Bird, the Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey movie, really fun, really really inventive. Uh, I love the characters. Uh, I think the villains dope. Hugh McGregor is so sassy, and I love it. Um, I, that might be for me the best DC movie. Like that, I can watch Aquaman again. But those two, man, like it's just so much fun. And like it's rated R, it'll be sick and gross, and I love it. Black Mary rules. I'm just okay. Season one was still airing at the beginning of this year. <laughs> You both win. You both like win. it didn't start this year, but it was still airing. They they aired most of season one in this year and all seasons. We all win. Harley <laughs> and the Harley Quinns. That's uh, my number nine. Nice. Uh, my number nine is Fall Guys. Um, more specifically than the game is what the game represented, which is a moment where we all just needed that kind of gaming to get through the pandemic. I didn't mention Among Us because Among Us didn't come out this year, 
um, even though we discovered it this year. Dead by Daylight is also a key game for that, but it did not come out this year. Um, but Fall Guys is a good representation of just that commutative gaming that we all needed to get through this. And we definitely did because Brandon became a gamer again because of this pandemic. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, so the reason why this list was so hard for me is because I consumed a lot of shit during the pandemic, but not, hardly any of it was from this year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but like you can tell how much community video gaming was important because Brandon completely reinserted himself back into video gaming with Brandon. us. Uh, awesome. So, right. And that's great. And like Fall Guys was a big part of that as well. I think Fall Guys was just a really cool game that came in at exactly the right time. Um, and I, I wouldn't trade the two or three days that Brandon and I spent playing Fall Guys to get Godzilla for the world. <laughs> Me too. Um, I, I tried desperately. I got to tell you, desperately to figure out how I put Gamera on my top 10. <laughs> I tried so hard. I just couldn't do it. Can't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, and I was so upset, uh, but that made this list so hard for me is because I, uh, like I said, so much of what I loved wasn't necessarily from this year. Um, so uh, I will continue on with uh, Superman smashes the clan. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Damn it. Uh, that is an incredible comic book. Um, threw me off my feet. Uh, I, I loved it. it. The last issue and the trade came out this year. So I just barely got it in. Yeah. Man, I, Definitely put that in my honorables. I I didn't even think of it. I think I remember saying that during when we reviewed or when we talked about Super Smash's Clan, it was going to be one of my best of the year. And I completely and totally forgot about that. Son of a bitch. You're right, though. Great comic. Great yeah. amazing comic. Um, so not Gamera, sadly. No, sadly not. <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, where are we on? Number eight. Yeah. Number eight. Number eight. Bill and Ted face the music. Excellent. So I've had some time to think about Bill and Ted face the music, and I know yeah, you were pretty, you were pretty soft I, on it. I want, I okay, I still love the movie, but the more I thought about it, the more I just remember the scenes and um, seeing Bill and Ted as older and seeing the have them interact with their daughters. That movie just gives me all the warm and fuzzies. It is totally not bogus, and most definitely is not heinous. It it is a fun movie. It is a great movie, and it. There's not much more I can say. I need to rewatch it again. I'm glad I have it. I, it's on my PS4. I love to get the the physical copy with all three of them on. I love that. Device. And just yeah, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Bill and Bill and Ted. It's it's a great it's a good movie. It is a good ending to their story. Ryan, excuse me, it's me. Number eight. It's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a visit to a country, and boy, it's full of Lovecraft. Uh, Lovecraft. <laughs> Did you laugh, Megan? Thank you. Uh, Lovecraft Country is a television show by the HBOs that came out this year, and man, that's just like dripping with genre, and it's just oozing with personality. And it probably would have been higher on my list if I think the finale would nailed it better. I think the finale is kind of kind of okay, uh, but like everything else, uh, I just love the show. Um, and it sounds like a very bold show again to have like have an entirely black cast just do just do like Indiana Jones's adventures and just go in a haunted house. And it's like, let's just be about them. And it's like, it's just really, really solid stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Sparks. Um, my number eight is the Harley Quinn animated series. The whole series, the whole shebang, good. The whole thing. So good. So good. And if you don't agree, I'll blow you up. 
Um, that show was so great. I want it back so bad. That, that cartoon was so good. Um, like just that was that was a wonderful show to just be able to sit with Ryan and Megan and just fully enjoy in every aspect. Megan was getting completely into it, and we that that show is perhaps Harley Quinn at her best. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. No, I, I want to say because I totally forgot about Harley Quinn, but Fanny and I would also watch that. And there are times where when we were when she and I were stuck uh, in July when we were quarantining ourselves, there would be times when we were feeling low. I would just look up and go, it was like, you know, Ted needs to get blown up. The streets will run with razzer dazzers. Because <laughs> we would talk like Bane and all of a sudden our spirits would be a little bit more lifted. Yeah, Bane Bane is Bane is MVP. That that show is yeah. that show is so good. Um I, I itch to go back at some point and just watch it all again. Uh, I can't wait for another season. life. Yeah, I, I can't wait for another season. Loved mm -hmm. it. Uh, number eight for sure. Go ahead, Brandon. All right. I'm going to make a quick choice. It's the boys. I forgot I think, the boys came out. <laughs> I think it's the boys. Season two. Which puts Lovecraft Country in my honorables. There you go. So Lovecraft Country is now in my honorable mention. I, I think I had the boys on my list earlier and then i removed it for something else and i i deleted it entirely so it didn't even make it to my honorable mentions the boys season two is my honorable mentions yeah, yeah. uh homelander and storefront are incredible mm. villains and yeah. great foils and that show that that makes it for me uh that that show is awesome uh also that uh girls get it done moment that yeah. is so kick-ass yeah love it love that show that show's great um, yeah, so it's it's the it's the boys and Lovecraft Country is in my honorables. It would it probably would have made my top ten if the if I was hotter on the finale. Yeah. But, okay. Anyway, Ben. Uh, so yeah, there's gonna be quite a few video games on this list, and this is the first one here. Number seven is a little indie game that I played this year called Panzer Paladin. Ryan, you know exactly what I am talking about. Brent. Hey, I want to tell you something real quick. Guess what I ordered? What? Panzer Paladin from Limited Run Games. So I'm getting a physical copy. You got the physical copy, dude. I, I, <laughs> so that that pre-order is open for a good long while, and I'm like, gonna say, that's cool. That it. I love that, dude. No, seriously, that did, did you see that special edition that they have? Holy shit! Yeah, cool. comes with trading cards. They have the vinyl set for the what music. Is, Jesus. What is Panzer? Yeah, so anyway, Panzer Paladin. Panzer Valadin, Valadin. Panzer Paladin is a mix of Mobile Suit Gundam, Mega Man, and Castlevania. Because you have to beat up demons in your mech suit with swords, spears, and knives. That you're not going to go pew, 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 anywhere. You, it is straight. Uh, think of like the one cool scene in the last two Transformers movies when Optimus Prime wheels a sword and Fs shit up. Think that. But in an 8-bit style video game, and it's really cool. The music is great. The platforming is tight. There, it, it gives you challenge. And also, the weapon creator mode. Oh my god, do you know how many awesome and crazy batshit things people have made? After Panzer Paladin came out, Final Fantasy VII came out. Guess what people made? Including myself, the Buster Sword. People made Keyblades. They made stuff from some... They even made it. They even made... Um, a weapon based off the pilot, Flame, the android, the rescue android who pilots the the mech grit. They turned her into a weapon, and you could beat people. Do you know how many bad guys I've beaten up with a fish? Oh, too many. A lot. Yo, man, I made a, I made a soul sword, magic soul sword. In that yeah. Pan Panzer Paladin is a, f a fantastic game. It is so much fun. 
It, it the music is good. Story is um story you gotta go fight demons and and it's challenging. It gives you a good challenge. It is not it's not super hard where you go like eh. but there are times where it's like okay, calm down, memorize the patterns, and then you get it. It's a great game. I would if you love old school Mega Man games, this is one that you cannot miss uh pass up. So Panzer Paladin was just like Hell, I was sold the second I saw that trailer, and I was like, "Hell yeah, I'll pay for this game, and I'll probably gonna pay for it again because I want that physical copy." <laughs> Ryan, my number seven is the comic book Iron Man by Christopher Cantwell and Kafu. Uh, this is I read issue five today because um, it came out this week. Um, this is definitely the best Iron Man book to come out, um, legitimately in like a decade, like for real, like probably since the Fraction Run, which started in two thousand and eight. Um, Bendis' run was really good, but that's still very much Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. And for the better part of a decade, everyone's written him Iron Man as Robert Downey Jr. Um, and this is the first series where I really feel that Tony is, it, he is a character. He's not just like being silly and witty because that's what people think he is. Like he is, he is a really troubled dude with a huge ego. And he just wants to help people, but he's an asshole. Tony Stark's a big asshole. And that's kind of the thing that, that, that people forget. Like it's okay to have your, have your heroes be like antagonistic to people and that's what i love like hellcat patsy walker is like the main uh like second character in this book and she's basically like his his like angel on his shoulder to be there like tony you need someone to keep you in check like literally because you're 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 just a monster uh <laughs> and it's cool because he's gone back to basic so he's just got his like old 70s outfit uh, and he's trying to be like more low-key um but then like the threat is is uh korvac who is like an 80s cosmic villain so it's this huge cosmic event where he wants to steal the power from Galactus, but it's old school Tony Stark from like the 70s. And he's like, I I cannot handle this. Um, it's just <laughs> really, really good. It's really, really good character stuff. Um, and again, as like as like the Iron Man guy, uh, I I it's so nice to have like a real character book again. Um, because yeah. again, like I love infamous Iron Man, but that's not Tony Stark, that's Doctor Doom. Right. Right. And that's the best Iron Man book yeah. for the last couple of years. Uh yeah, Iron Man, it's a great book. Uh, you bringing up Christopher Cantwell made me want to say like Doctor Doom and pretty much everything, almost everything put out of Marvel Comics uh, in the main lines are all in my honorable mentions. Um, I couldn't I couldn't get much more specific than that except for one I'll bring up later. But like, oh, I bet it's on Marvel, my list. Marvel Comics is killing it. Marvel Comics is killing it, guys. Um, there's such good stuff there. Anyway, uh, mine that's bet it's not anywhere on anyone else's radar, but the Owl House. Nope. From Disney. Um, the Owl House is a fantastic cartoon. Oh, bye, Brandon. Um, the Owl House is a fantastic, fantastic new cartoon. Um, the, the it is truly at this moment the pinnacle of how far uh, young uh, young uh, audience garnered animation has come. Owl House is a uh, bisexual lead character uh, created by a bisexual showrunner. Um, both female, like this is this is a major milestone, and it, that's not the only reason why it's important to bring up, but it is a big, big reason that it should be talked about more. Um, it is a fantastically witty show. It comes from a writer, the, the show, the creator, uh, she was a uh, writer over on Gravity Falls, and it shows that is it is a similar humor, but it is expanding this whole wonderful magical world that she's created. Um, it has this tense romance between two ladies and i love it that it's it's a disney show that's doing that that is wild i'm so thrilled that we're here and that show is so cool and has so much going for it i can't wait to see it grow um the owl house really impressed me i watched it very quickly 
once it was available on Disney Plus because it was so good and I couldn't get enough of it. So the Owl House, 100%, number seven. Hey guys, am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're yeah. back, good. Um, I kind of regret not putting DC stone on my honorable mentions now. Uh, getting your falls. You're not a real fan. You're a fake fan. It's okay. It's whatever. Whatever got the bumps. Uh, Gideon Falls uh, ended last year, 2020. That book was consistently an incredible book from uh, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Um, beautiful art, beautiful story, horrific story, uh, spooky story, creepy story, like whatever you want to say. It, it was. It got it all. Um, really awesome twists and turns that I don't want to share because I still want you guys to read it. Um, great book. I'm going to miss it. Consistently one of the best comics I've ever read. Hell yeah. Nice. Give me nice. balls. Mr. Uh, Bean? So apparently I, I'm like half and half on video games. So this next one is not a video game. It is a movie. It is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. This was... Walking out of that movie, what I remember while I was thinking, the whole movie was fantastic. I don't, I don't remember. I think I gave it a nine or a eight point five or something. I should have re-listened to the episode when we reviewed it. But I do remember going on my friend Inga's show, Adults Talk Anime, Adults Talking Anime Plus, and I told her that she needs to go see Birds of Prey, and she's like, "Oh, really? I heard that wasn't good." I was like, "Oh, no, 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 no. Birds of Prey is a fantastic film. All the negative reviews are from a bunch of white." idiots who don't know what the frack they are talking about this film is fantastic this film is great ewan mcgregor eat shoes up scenery margot robbie is amazing and all the canaries just kick ass and take names literally so yeah this is the best dc film out of the entire dc pantheon don't fight me on this one i know you i know you guys aren't but it's just that i will i will i like aquaman more okay Okay, anyway. Oh, me. That's my number Ryan. six. Number six. Those We're back to Christopher Cantwell. Oopsies. Doctor Doom. Hey, guys. Uh, anytime a character like Doctor Doom gets, like, an ongoing series, like, I'm always baffled because, like, he's kind of like a villain, so it's always cool when he gets the limelight. And he got ten full issues, baby. Um, this comic was, one, just obviously a great look into Victor's, uh, who he is as a person, what he feels he wants to do as a person, like, going forward with his life. You know, he was a villain, then he became God, and he literally saved the universe and then rewrote the universe in his image, and then that went all went bad. So now he's just kind of, like, kind of cruising, right? And then something bad happens on the moon, and he tries, and he gets blamed for it. So now the whole world's after Victor Von Doom, and he's got he's to he's make his name right. And then King shows up, and it's that that all silly. Um, yo, man, I read the last issue today. Oh, it's so, have you read it yet? Oh, it's so good. Um, it shows up again, and this was like a nice little, like, little, uh, what's it, like, little nugget at the end of the, or like a cherry on top of the cake, like, hey, Victor, baby, I I'm love gonna, it. I'm going to let you know, for the rest of the year, you're always going to know what I read. Yeah? <laughs> like, okay. you're always going to go to Instagram. Gotcha. What do you read? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, this is definitely, uh, Dr. Doom has been lucky. Um, he's been given a lot of really, really good miniseries over the years. Um, I was, the book club I was going to pick for this week was the Ed Brubaker Books of Doom book, which is basically like the biography of Dr. Doom, um, which is like the last, I think the last miniseries he had, but that was like 15 years ago. Um, so like, I was really glad to get this back. And um, it, it's just a really good look at someone, again, like I love I love a, a morally complex person. So like, what does this person do who just at his core is a bad person? What does he do when he wants to be a hero? Uh, and just people just won't give him the chance. 
I, I think that's I think that's fascinating. And again, he's also still a super villain, so like maybe he doesn't deserve it. And I think that's fascinating. <clears throat> yeah, Doctor Doom's great. I love that. I love that comic series. My number six is Doom Patrol season two. I forgot so much stuff came out. <laughs> uh, Doom Patrol continues to be probably the best DC television show yeah, made. Yeah, 100%. Um, it is so wacky, so wild, and so thoughtful in how it's adapted. Um, I'm itching. Honestly, frankly, guys, had I known, I would have made us do this as a fake nerds watch. Absolutely. Doom Patrol is so good. I would happily go back it, once you guys watch the seasons and do a whole season one wrap-up discussion about Doom Patrol and a whole season two wrap-up discussion about Doom Patrol. Although, to be honest, with season two, we'd probably have to do a part one, part two. Just do it. Uh, I would love to. You guys just have to make the like. Uh, do it out on your own pace. We have no no deadline. Um, right. I'll watch it this but, week. But Doom Patrol is excellent. Uh, I I myself would love to have a reason to go back through the series. Love it. Can't say enough good things about it. All right, Brandon. Birds of Prey and the fabulous <clears throat> and fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Um, I almost put the Harley Quinn TV series. I'll be honest. I, I went for the the other birds, the other Harley Quinn thing. Um, but I, I would kind of consider them equal because this was the year I got into Harley Quinn, like really, really, really big because uh, I really like those things. Yep. Um, the Birds of Prey movie we've talked about it to death. We had a review on it. It's great. Uh, uh, it's not my favorite of the DC pantheon, but it's up there. It's definitely in the top four because Wonder Woman eighty four came out. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I really enjoyed that movie. Margot Robbie's great. Um, the cast is great. Yeah. Number six. Nice. Number five. Ooh, top five. Number five, Mandalorian season two. Mm. I I don't think I I have I don't have a as the season as a whole, I don't have a bad thing to say about it. There were a few episodes that were kind of slowish, but even the slow episodes. I liked, or I either liked or loved. This season set such a high bar, and the finale with Luke Skywalker coming out, just kicking ass, taking names, was awesome for me. It was awesome, but also the fact with all the fact that we learned um, the child's name and the acting between, like one of my favorite scenes is the scene with um, Pedro Pascal, Bill Burr, and that one dude. Then the season before, in the episode before the last one, that's my favorite scene in the entire. Show. Yeah. yeah, it was um, fantastic. And Ahsoka came to live action. Of course. How could I forget? And about Boba Fett. Boba Fett was introduced to Boba Fett? Star Wars. How could seriously? All we got. Never Ahsoka. seen Boba Fett before. <laughs> we got Ahsoka. We got Boba Fett coming back and just, just ooh, just damn, just ooh, is, yeah. So, if I may quote uh, Tally from South Park. Oh man, that is some real good shit. <laughs> yeah, Mandalorian season two, um, leagues better than the first season. And every episode, I was, I just, yes, people joke about it, but it's about a side quest. I don't care. Every episode is like, I want to know what happens next. I was really looking forward to this season, and it did not disappoint me. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Ryan, number five. So uh, I, <laughs> I kind of did a cheat, but I don't give a shit. I wrote my number five is Al Ewing because <laughs> Al Ewing is writing four comics right now, and I couldn't put all four of those on the list. That's okay. I did that for Jeff Lemire last year. Beautiful. So I put Al Ewing because that dude is writing 
uh, he, he's writing Immortal Hulk, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Sword right now. And all three of those books are excellent. But also, he did Empire, which I think is the best event of the year. High five. Uh, King of Black, I, I'm, I'm not reading it anymore. There's that that Viking winner shit. I don't care about you anymore. Empire is the event of the year. Uh, Al Ewan, guys, what the hell? That guy's so good. It makes me mad. Too good. Uh, yeah, on your... I remembered. So I wrote down our, our most anticipated last year. So yeah. I thought it'd be fun. Um, Ryan's most anticipated was Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow! Oh, there you go. Because that was coming out. Yeah, like right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were also really excited for New Mutants, Westworld season three, Dune, and Eternals. Westworld season three. Man. Westworld three season three did happen. Yeah, and those other things did it. He loved it while it was happening. Yeah. 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 Was like, wow, that was this year. Jesus. Yeah, it was. It was early. That's can nice. I can I read out? Like went bad as it was happening. Yeah. Can I read out more? Yeah, please. Uh, Ben's was... I can't read my handwriting. I apologize. (laughs) Um, But you only had one. Oh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, yeah. Yes. There we go. There we go. Um, Sparks, you had The Last of Us Part (laughs) 2. It's funny because I haven't played it. (laughs) The Lizzie McGuire TV series reboot. Oh, funny, I, I what <laughs> uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier in WandaVision, because at that time we were only getting two of them. <laughs> wow. And uh, you're, you were also really excited to find out, finally find out what the New Mutants was. <laughs> wow, I had a bad year. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, and then finally we got mine. Uh, I was really excited for Wonder Woman 84. Uh-huh. Oh. Star Trek Picard. Yeah. Uh, the two Marvel shows that were coming out last year, which ended Ooh. up being three, and now it's four. Oh. Uh, and Three Jokers and yeah. Black Hammer Reborn. Oh, God, I forgot about Three Jokers. To, Ryan's, uh, to which Ryan responded, you really think Three Jokers is coming out next year? Oh, boy, did it! <laughs> uh, but yeah, Black Hammer Reborn did not come out this year, which was a bummer. But... There was a lot of Black Hammer stuff. So. Yeah, and he talks about it. he's paring it down. I didn't put it in the news, but there's more Black Hammer stuff coming. I'm really excited. I, I'm glad that you listed out Ewing because like that that ties directly into just Marvel's crushing it. Yeah, um, crushing. Well, we were talking about it at the store. Like, I know I have I have, right now I like what DC is putting out uh, mostly. Mo- some of some Lee, I like some of it, but um, I'm really ex- impressed with Marvel's put up uh, because Marvel puts out all these books and they're all diverse and they got different creators and blah, blah, blah. Um, and we were talking about it at the store, like DC would never put out a book like Immortal Hulk. If they did, it'd be 12 issues written by Tom King. Yeah, uh, it's it's true. It's, it's true. It's, it's future state. Swamp thing. That's the <laughs> Yeah, but again, like that's such a limited thing. He's talking like it wouldn't be a consistent main run on a character. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What oh like character. like Superman or something. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. DC's so like, it, so it's it's like it's like I'm I'm seeing all these cool Marvel stuff and like DC's solicitation had like mostly anthology books. Yeah, I I you know what just to really quickly tie back to Future State that is kind of like my problem with most of what I read of this week is I'm like this just isn't. Like, even the things I like, I'm like, be bold. Really, like, reach out. Marvel is reaching yeah. and, yeah. like, making new strides. And these characters are are new characters, but they're not making... All, not all of them are making new strides. Yeah. Um, DC yeah. would never put out a book like Squirrel Girl. <laughs> all right. Uh, 
my number five is Bill and Ted Face the Music. <laughs> Practically perfect in every way. Enough said. Enough said. Truly. I have nothing more to say. Bill and Ted Face the Music is a practically perfect film. All right, my number five is kind of a cheat because this year I got into Adventure Time really hard. But none of the show came out this year except for Adventure Time Distant Lands. There you go. So there you go. Adventure Time Distant Lands Obsidian made my top five. Oh. It is also representative of the fact that I love Adventure Time. I got into it so hardcore. I, I would have been disappointed if it wasn't here. Um, I loved that short film. Uh, it was short. The episodes are like 10 minutes long. So <laughs> it's like four times the length of a normal episode. Yeah, it's a mini movie. <laughs> um, but I love seeing Princess Bubblegum and, and Marceline. Uh, it jumps through time where you see when Marceline was a kid and uh, their first relationship before they broke up, before the show. Uh, and then where they are at now, it's wonderful storytelling, all ties in together to make a great Marceline story. Brandon, 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 save it. Aren't you going to talk about it soon somewhere else? Oh, no. Okay, go ahead, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, we got something cool coming, guys. What was that? Okay, that was number five, right? Yeah, number four. So uh, you want to know what magical event happened in uh, April of 2020? One thing you that had sex. 420. Besides that. So we're a kid show. I apologize. Bloodshot came out. Bloodshot did come out. That wasn't. I don't know. That was before that. Two video games came uh, out on the same day. And two very different games with two very different. Uh, um, frack, what's the word? Um, Demographic. Um, Doom and Animal Crossing came out on the same day. And gamers everywhere, somehow, the Doom fans and the Animal Crossing fans, they united and congratulated each other and made fan art of Isabel ripping and tearing with the Doom Slayer. Is this your is this your four? Is this both? No, it's not both. But my four is Doom Eternal. Got it. Because I Doom Eternal... I thought you didn't play it. No, I did play it. I don't... Dude, I have it. Well, I mean, if you... Oh, have it you probably play it yes I, I just didn't know you played it yet i have 100 games i haven't played yeah, yeah. oh i played doom eternal i played doom eternal and doom eternal is awesome oh did you read the ryan i'm sorry ben did you read the dr doom iron man king of black crossover i have not yet i read very good i believe it i believe it i'm gonna get All to right, this. sorry ben go ahead so doom eternal <laughs> it improves on the on doom 2016 it is such a fast-paced game. It is just so much fun. It, it. I was really enjoying, or not was. I still am enjoying Doom Eternal. I still, I love the soundtrack. Just everything about it just screams heavy metal, and it's it's a kick-ass game to play. When you get the um, the sword in the game, it's like, oh, yeah. Just every time you like rip a cacodemon's head off, it's like, oh, yeah. Or when you take a chainsaw to a to a pinky, it's like, f you and yeah just everything about it is such a it's fast paced and it's just so much fun just when you're plopping into a demon's nest the the guitar starts ripping the bass starts bumping and you're like let's go i love doom it's like a bunch of box art quotes i love it <laughs> yeah. right. ryan and all of them end with f yeah <laughs> um, 
Do you remember the commercial which put, the guy puts the Doom Eternal poster over a hole and next oh. door is the dentist office that's oh, just yeah. screaming because of a monster on the wall? It was the Doom 2016 one. He puts the Cyber Demon in there and they're like, ah, because the Cyber Demon's all like, oh. so good. And everyone, <laughs> it's a good one. It is a good one. All right, right. So, guys, listen, there's a lot of X Men books out. Um, almost 12, if you're for keeping count. Um, and I, I counted and I, Children of the Atom, by the way. I counted Children of the Atom. Where, where the fuck is Twil- Children of the Atom? How are you announcing new books in that book? Doesn't Nita, matter. Nita Allen's getting jerked around. She's getting sure. a little jerky jerk, but it's fine. That book's coming out eventually. Of all the books that I read, of all the X-Men books, I, I picked one for number four, and I picked Hellions. Because of all the X-Books, it's the book that surprised me the most. With one, characters I don't really care about. And two, just how much fun and insane shit happens every issue in that book. Um, and, and stuff after X of Swords, um, that book continues to just be gnarly uh, in every way. And it's just so much fun. And it's like, it is it is, it is, is not the book I ever expected from Marvel to get put out. Um, but it's it's beautiful, baby. I know we're all reading it, and we all like it, yeah. So Ten of Swords is on my honorable mentions because of the two issues of Hellions. Yeah. It's the only reason why, I'll be honest, because it almost got bumped. But then yeah. I remember, my precious Hellions are dead! God, it's so... <laughs> it like, oh. The Mr. Sinister Lord Frieza moment? Yeah. yeah. Um, my number four is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of <laughs> Harley Quinn. Um, that movie was so good when we came back to the theater, from the theaters, and a couple weeks later, the pandemic started... And they put the movie available to rent on Prime before the Blu-ray came out, which I had pre-ordered. I rented it. <laughs> That's how much I wanted to watch it again. And I couldn't wait. Uh, that movie's so good. That movie is so good. And I enjoyed it so much. That movie is my favorite movie to have come out this year. I really loved it. Birds of Prey. Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I could not be happier with that film. And I'm so sad that Warner Brothers is not getting the message that they need to make more things like that. Yeah. Um, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, season seven. Oh yeah. That made my is my number four. Um, we all know the episodes I'm talking about. Um, the The last four episodes are spectacular. Um, I have been an Ahsoka fan for a long time, loving her Clone Wars and Rebels, and seeing. That awesome fight sequence with Maul. It's a good year for Ahsoka, by the way. She was she got a live action appearance and she came back and beat Maul's ass. Uh, since you bring that up, it was a good year for Harley Quinn as well. Yeah. yeah. The animated show. Like, how crazy is it that my top ten has her show and her movie in it? Yeah. What a wild thing. So you all put Mandalorian on your top tens. Uh, Clone Wars is why I didn't put it on mine. Um, I I, I, I like Clone Wars more. I like the Mandalorian a lot. Um, but I found us, I like the episodes more than the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but Clone War Season 7, um, the four episodes on Mandal- the Siege of Mandalore, finally getting to see the Siege of Mandalore, Bo-Katan, Maul, uh, incredible, incredible stuff. I even like the filler uh, arc in the middle. And then the Bad Batch, some of the coolest new characters ever. Oh, yeah. New show coming soon. I'm just so excited for that new show. But yeah, Clone Wars Season 7. <laughs> ben. Number three. I put this because I absolutely adored it. I'm trying I had, to guess. Huh? I'm trying to guess. Go, go, go. 
No, no, guess it. I want you. I want. Oh, his... I don't. I don't know. We're gonna slow it down. I'm just trying to think in my head. Number three for me is Ten of Swords. Shit. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> I was. I was expecting Final Fantasy VII remake at this point, or Animal Crossing. Ben, coincidence. Number three for me is also Ten of Swords. Let's just talk about. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Number three for me is Ten of Swords and all of Dawn of X. The whole thing, every X book title this whole year because stop it, they're too good. Wait, don't. I'm kidding. Keep giving it to me. I can't. This is so great. I love all the X books. So my number three is Dawn of X and Ten of Swords. So go, boys. Yo, guys. Listen, yeah. demons from another world want to take over the, the world and we got to stop them with a sword fight, but mostly dancing. Now, I was in love with the X-Men books that I was picking up already. Um, the X main X-Men title is fantastic. I think my favorite two are Marauders and, and Excalibur because I love Kate Pride and Storm and, and Emma. And of course, the, the did you see the tweet about Excalibur where it's just like, I love Excalibur. I love it so much. And then they hit me with a Rogan Gambit story and I'm like, I hate Excalibur. Well, I don't care. I freaking love Rogan Gambit. Those guys can go fuck themselves. I, I kind of agree. I like Excalibur, but I'm not crazy about the Rogan Gambit stuff. That, yeah. That's that, that's that's fine um oh god so reading all the x books to get ready for ten of swords and buying all the just this grand crossover was exhilarating it made my wallet cry because i couldn't afford to pay for all the books and when i finally did i was like man i would love to but i financially cannot to quote tiger king i will never financially recover from that if i did <laughs> That was this year. <laughs> that was this year. Um, Ten of Swords was the lead. The buildup with them questing to get the swords was awesome. And even when we get into the, the actual tournament itself, it just threw me on top of my head. I was like, you know, at first I thought I wasn't going to like it. But the more I read, the more I got into it, I was like, no, I dig this. I like the this. The swords are keys. Yeah, the swords are keys. Um, I just love all of Ten of Swords. I was having a blast with. Um I don't, I don't know, because I know you guys were talking about it because you were reading it week by week where I kind of blunched mine together because I know you guys mentioned that there's one part where it kind of slowed down and comment went, eh. I don't know if that's because you did that because the way I saw it. Well, when I, re when I read it all at once, I, I, I rejected that. I, okay. I'm, like, yeah. I'm like you, Ben. I read it all at once. Yeah, when yeah. I read it all, all at once, that didn't have that problem. Yeah, I just blasted right through it, and it was fantastic. So Ten of Swords was awesome. Uh, I know I probably thanked Ryan for last year for getting me into X-Men, Thank you again. Hey man, and you we're, we're all we're all crazy together. We're all so, I there. Did you get your X Men tattoo this year or last year? I mean, last year or the year before? This was a pandemic year, so I didn't get it this year. When did he get his oh. nose? Ring? <laughs> yeah, when have you had your nose ring? By the way, guys, exclusive Patreon shirt. When did I get this nose ring? I really, at this point, don't remember what year I got my nose ring. <laughs> no, tennis. Ten of Swords was fantastic. I just love talking about it. I love reading about it. And I, if people come up to me at work, it's like, hey, what's good to read? I'm like, Ten X-Men. All of X-Men. Ten of Swords is great. Just go for it. And it's super nice because the X-Men books are so good, but also they're selling super well. So, like, quality and quantity, like, it's all working together. Like, this is, like, capitalism sucks, but when it works well, like, yo, you want good X-Books? Buy them. You're buying them? Here's more of them. So it's, it's something Ryan and I have talked about uh, a bit with the Marvel comics is that I love a lot of what they're putting out. How, however, there is one problem I definitely have coming out of Marvel right now, which is that 
there is great communication happening amongst the X writers. And that communication is not being shared in the rest of Marvel no. because they are clearly not tuned in to what's going on in the X-Books. It's funny. Um, because Which is a big bummer yeah. because it's clearly working so well uh, in the X-Books. This little weird experiment of how, how many titles can we have that are in super close continuity building a story together? Turns out a lot as many, and pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I... Oh. Ooh, I forgot. Something. I was, and I forgot. I forgot. Okay. It was, uh, it was. It was funny because he mentioned uh, that nobody, the X writers, aren't talking to. Oh yes, because uh, yeah, um, all the X, everyone that's not in the X office, they don't talk to each other unless you're Al Ewing. Um, because now, now he's becoming an X writer with Sword. But before that, in, in books like Immortal Hulk, Hulk and stuff, in an Empire, he was the only person doing really good Krakoan shit that's not actually in the X books. Uh, and I read, you know, Fantastic Four and in uh, King and Black, and it's like. Oh, that's not what Magneto would say. But whatever, I ain't mad about it. Whatever. Yeah. It's just it's just interesting that's like, oh, can y'all just like get on the same page, guys? Because you got it. You got to go and it's clearly like there's a whole faction of Marvel comics, and it's the the Dawn of X books, and it's like the that leading, are just killing it. It's like right the leading now. Marvel stuff too. So you think they'd want to talk to each other, right? And mm -hmm. uh, and just bring bring all the umbrella together. Um, Random. But records. every every X book impressed me so much this year. I was so pleased. I, I never felt like, uh, I guess I should drop this one. Just never reach that point. Just fully enjoying it. And that's wonderful. That's just wonderful. I would have uh, probably I, dropped Excalibur if I wasn't so committed to reading the whole thing at this point. Yeah, that's fair. That's just not how it's hitting me. Yeah. It's, all, it's all working for me in a, in a groovy, groovy way. Uh, so it made it to all our number threes. My number three, uh, for sure, all of it. Go ahead, Brandon. X. Well, it did not make my number three. In fact, my number three is Tiger King. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would have I, I would have put that on my honorable mentions because I watched it in like one night, and then I watched it with him and Megan also in one night. So like culturally, that's an important show. Yeah. In hindsight, I think we, it happened because of the pandemic. <laughs> it, yeah. it definitely it the did. Pandemic, the the um, pandemic definitely caused that stir. Yeah. Uh, no. So my it's my my ten of swords was my honorable mentions. So my number three is Palm Springs. Oh, oh yeah. It's a good. Really, really love that movie. Uh, definitely, I'll admit, hit at the right time, mm -hmm. the right time, right place. Um, but yeah, I, I I love that movie. The cast is great. Um, the 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 he you can't go wrong with a time loop story. Apparently, yeah, yeah apparently. Who knew? Uh, yeah. Number three. Cool. Right. My number two. Actually, why the hell am I looking at my phone? I know exactly what my number two and my number one are. So you want to know that great feeling when waiting for a game to come out after a five year after it was announced five years ago feels it, disappointing because of cyberpunk. We've done nope. it. It's called Kingdom Hearts. Actually, it's Final Fantasy VII remake. I know what it actually <laughs> is. <laughs> we so, know you. Yeah, I know you know me. Final Fantasy VII remake was is still fantastic. I mean. All the problems I had with when the before the game came out, when they're saying it was going to be episodic, it was going to be only a, it was only going to be the Midgar sequence. While I was playing the game, all those fears just went away. The game is packed. It is such a great. It tells the story of Final Fantasy VII, and I think in a little bit better way. It brings more characters in, or it 
no, that's not the right way to say it. It fleshes them out better. Instead of them being just like little blips on a screen for that you'll see for 20 minutes and then they're gone, you grow to love these characters. You grow to want to be with them. You want them to survive. And then when fate intervenes, it's like, oh shit. The way that they're turning, they turn the story of what we know in little, the little twists and turns here and there is fantastic. And it's a great, I feel like Final Fantasy VII Remake is a great way for people who never played the original to jump right in. Because it is still essentially the same thing. There's stuff in there for newcomers and and original fans alike. And the gameplay is fast-paced. It's quick. I have a little bit of, of issues with the ATB system, sure. But all in all, it is so much fun. It is just so great to play this new Final Fantasy that we've been waiting five, over five years for. And it came out great. And now I'm like, you know what? Take the time you need. I'm getting Final Fantasy 16 on the PS5. I can wait. That's great. But the fact that 7, the big one, the most famous Final Fantasy 7 ever made is this good. And and if this level quality is just going to keep getting better down the line, baby, I'm for it. Final Fantasy 7, number two on my list. It was fantastic. Baby, I'm yours. We'll see that sequel in five years. Right. All right. Number two. His House. His House is my favorite movie of the year. Um, I think that's mad spooky. I think the characters are great. I think the the plot itself of these people uh, who escaped war torn. Uh, oh, you remember where they're from? They they they're from Africa, from a, a place uh, of genocide. So, do you stay in a house that's temp- that might be haunted, or do you go back to your war torn country where you can die at any moment? Um, most typical typical haunted house movies are a bunch of rich white people who can move out for any time. So this this was like a really really inventive look at the haunted house movie. Um, I really loved it. I really liked it a lot. I found it, I got thought it was real spooky. I think the ending shot South Sudan, South Sudan, South Sudan. Thank you. Uh, I think the ending shot is just really powerful and really good. I think the music's good. Uh, I think that think about that movie a lot. And now just nobody talks about it and bums me up. <clears throat> really for good. sure, for sure. My number two is the Siege of Mandalore. Woo! <gasps> the ending episodes of the Clone Wars. Uh, that was great. I think about the ending bits um, of Ahsoka leaving all those troopers' helmets and Vader walking up years later a lot. Um, That will always be one of the most memorable moments in Star Wars for me. Uh, That was an incredible way to end it, especially like thinking back all the way to when they first introduced Ahsoka. And my assumption at the time, rightly so, according to George Lucas, was that they would kill her. in the end and i was like man that's wild that they did rightly so he said something no dave filoni said that originally george lucas wanted her to die interesting that's what george lucas wanted and then filoni talked him out of it and then it but george lucas's original intentions was for Ahsoka to be killed before the events of of, uh or or during the events of order 66 yeah that's that'd be so so sad because like you know rebels when like she got so close to bringing anakin back from the dark side but she's yeah. not the one destined to do it. And that tragedy of like, I, it's not going to be me. Right. Um, yes. It's a, it, it, but, but like when it was first coming out, Brandon, you and I would have discussions about this. Like they got to kill her. That was the inevitable yeah. to us because there was nothing else potential for star Wars at that time, besides this one cartoon network show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, well, she, she's introduced, she's gotta be dead. For the like, they're not going to do, they're not going to do anything else. Yeah. That's yeah. something to fill this in. We were wrong. Uh, but it's wild to look back to that journey and then like what her perceived end would be at the end of the Clone Wars and then actually seeing it 
it's her fighting Darth Maul. It's her with on Mandalore. It's her uh, dealing with the events of Revenge of the Sith in real time, facing down Order 66, escaping with Rex. Uh, all fantastic stuff. Siege of Mandalore, number two. Love Rex. Yeah, love Rex. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. My number two is, I guess, The Invisible Man. What? Uh, it was going to be... I'm switching one or two. These two could switch, but I guess right now I'm saying The Invisible Man. Um, Invisible Man could have been your number one? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Invisible Man is an incredible movie. It's a really it's a really scary movie. It's very timely. Um, I We've talked about it already on this, uh, on this episode alone, let alone we have a spoiler uh, review about it. Um, but that is one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, it was so early in the year and I've, I've never stopped thinking about it. And those sequences still haunt me to this day. Um, like I said, the aforementioned, she throws the paint can and, and he splashes and he's just like right there or, um, the knife in the, in the restaurant. I, I love it. Love it. Love that movie. It's an incredible movie. That's awesome. All right, Ben. So my number one is not only for me, but it's also because what this game did to the world at large was yeah. to me so impactful that it got a lot of people through it. And my number one pick in my game of the year is Animal Crossing New Horizons. I've talked about it before, but I will say it again. This game helped out so many people in a time where they were looking for a routine they did not know what was going to happen. We still, unfortunately, don't know what's going to happen next, but thankfully when Animal Crossing came out back in April, back in uh, late March or early April, whenever it came out, it gave people a sense of normalcy. It gave them something to do. It gave them... It, it, it eased... I want to say that for some people, it eased their anxieties. Like I said before, myself and my girlfriend, we were stuck in our homes all of July and we got through it partially. And thanks to animal crossing, we were taking turns every day. Like, okay, we were waking up early on Sundays to go buy turnips as dumb as that sounds to buy virtual turnips. We were doing it. And even though I, after when I did go back to work and I stopped playing animal crossing on a regular basis, it's still fun to go back. It's still fun to like make little changes or see what's going on. And I'm bummed that I miss a lot of the good stuff. I come, I, tr I turn on the game in the middle of October. The entire island looks amazing because Spain was decorating for Halloween. Ryan and I did that great Halloween episode of Basement Arcade. I come back in the middle of December. It's Christmas. It's snowing. It looks gorgeous. And I'm like, damn, I haven't been, I haven't been here to help make this island even better. This is a bummer. But Animal Crossing New Horizons is def. It's not the most action-packed, fast-paced. It's not Final Fantasy VII. It's not Doom. It's none of that. But this was the game everyone needed to get through the shitty year that was 2020 and that is why it is my game of the year this year i think fishing is pretty action-packed if you yeah. ask me oh yeah those uh, hey those uh fishing and bug tournaments are actually pretty damn good i can't put animal crossing in my list at all because that is not a game for me so i don't play it yeah, um, but i will not belittle its effect it caused megan to now own her own switch I bought another person a Switch just for that game for Christmas. Hi, Fanny. Obviously, Animal Crossing is important. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's on my honorable mentions, but yeah, that's a hell of a game. Hell mm -hmm. of a game. All right, oh. Ryan, you're number one. 
Number one, baby. I don't think anyone else read this book. I don't know if you were reading or not, but my number one is Lonely Receiver. That's my favorite entertainment property of the year. Uh, it's the most unique comic I read of the year. Um, it's the most deeply emotional comic I read of the year. Um, it feels like an A24, like dark romance movie um, about a woman who, who her AI breaks up with her. And this is in the future where you can have relations, relationships with like, like technology. Like if you get it, I bring up Spike Jones as her, the, the Joaquin Phoenix movie where he falls in love with AI Scarlett Johansson. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a deeply, it's a deeply sad book. It just like in the ways that like it deals with breakups, but just in a way you've never seen before because it's dealing with the future and with technology. Um, and it's, it's a type of genre work that after the Aftershock, the company that put it out, uh, they're putting out so much type of dope indie, indie sh uh, shit. Like we did Wasted Space, they're an Aftershock, right? They're putting out so much cool, Vault. cool indie stuff. Vault, Vault, thank you. Vault, did they do Vault? Is it Vault? It's a Vault comic, thank you, not Aftershock. Thank you, Brandon. You're welcome. They're both putting out dope, dope, dope uh, genre shit. But Lonely Receiver, man, like the last issue comes out next week. It was only a five issue miniseries, but like the first four issues that I read were like, unlike anything I've ever read in my life. Um, the art is so crazy cool. Um, I just, it's it, every, every issue left me wanting so much more. And it's just a book about a girl dealing with a breakup, but it's, it's so much more than that. Um, and it's getting, luckily it's getting a lot of acclaim and this writer, um, Zach Thompson, he's done a lot of smaller work and he's done a couple of Marvel books, but uh, he's a smaller name. And this is the book that made him big now. Um, and I guess I recommend it to the whole world. It's not for everyone, but man, it is, it is, it is wholly unique and beautiful. Awesome. Lonely Receiver. It's awesome. Sparks, number one. My number one is HBO's Lovecraft Country. Um, as a student going to college, specifically in courses related to both American studies and cinema and television arts, living in the current happening impact of Lovecraft Country mm. was super informative to why I like that show so much. Uh, I was involved in forums when it was online or when we were for a time in classrooms of people talking about black representation, how that translated over to uh, to television, to film. And uh, when Lovecraft Country came out, hearing all these diverse voices bring different perspectives as to why that was involved or what, what was speaking to them about this or using it as examples of how television is pushing forward into a new, a new sensibility um, and how important it is to have diverse voices behind the camera as well as in front of it. Um, Lovecraft Country is a signpost of a big cultural shift in television. And I can see that from the perspective of sitting in those college courses. And that grew my appreciation for it. But on top of that, overall, it's a fantastic and incredible show mm -hmm. just from, from every single moment of it. The fact that every single episode managed to be in its own genre in a way while still all being thematically part of a whole is amazing. Um, I, I can't, that, that show is art in an incredible way. Uh, I, I would be doing it a disservice for myself to say that it wasn't the number one in 2020 for me. Um, that, that show uh, absolutely opened my eyes to so much more things to consume, to making me even more actively aware at a time when it was so socially relevant to be. Uh, and the show couldn't have even known how hard it was going to hit for that moment, but it did. Um, so Lovecraft Country, 100%. Hell yeah. Right. My number one is Gamera 3, Revenge of Iris. <laughs> Not true. 
<laughs> no, it it cannot. Uh, but the joke is is kind of relevant because uh, as far as twenty twenty goes, that was the best thing to happen to me that year. Just getting into Gamera, those Gamera movies. But came out in nineteen ninety eight, so it can't. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. So it's Bill and Ted face the music. Oh. Number one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or it could have been Invisible Man. <laughs> I love it. No, I love. I just didn't. I just. I forgot. I just didn't know where your love for those movies were. I like that makes me happy. Uh, yeah, Bill and Ted Face the Music was an incredible uh, experience for me. I watched the first two prior, uh, and then I, and then watching this one, I was sobbing at the end because it's just so beautiful of an ending. Um, yeah, it, it's it's my it's my number one. It's just it was just a perfect movie. It's a ten out of ten. Good job, Keanu. All, All right. right. So I also wrote down a few things that were just for me. These were, these were events that happened in 2020 that gave me just... Hang on. We're three Bonders. hours. We're three and a half hours. It is a media list. I apologize. You can, you can mention the Dodgers. That's it, it. You can't keep coming here with extras when none of us do extras. All right, fine. Yeah, it was the Dodgers, but also it was our Ava episode. I love hey, it. Hey, we said you could do Dodgers. I don't care if it's self-congratulating us. You can do Dodgers and that's it. Mm. I'm glad you did that episode, Ben. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Angrily, hey. I'm glad too, Ben. Hey, guys, 2020 sucked, but at least the Dodgers won the World Series. All right. Uh, okay. I love it. It's, it's just for me. Just for me. Yeah, yeah, it'll, yeah. Be, it'll be double as long as the last time until they win the next one. Oh, we'll be dead. Yeah, I know. Uh, real, real quickly, guys. I have I have written down some things I like to call yeah. bummer list that I want to like, top ten bummers of the year. Stop um, it. <laughs> okay. No, it is time. It is time for our book club. Book club. Book club time. Enjoy the. Did you guys hold on? Enjoy the new theme song. Okay. Did you guys like the new theme song? I'm sure I'm going to love it when I listen to it. Okay. Ryan, take it away. Hey, guys. My name is Ryan. And Watch I, I put the, that after the theme song plays. I picked a comic book for us to read this week. It's by Brandon Thomas, Juan Gideon, and Frank Martin. It's called Horizon. Yes. Uh, three weeks ago, when our last podcast, I just I remember, I don't remember buying this comic book, but I'm pretty sure I was at a con in, like, one of the dollar barrels. And let me tell you, if I bought this for a dollar or five dollars, I think that was worth it. I think this is a pretty cool book. This is about Zia Malin and how she's coming to Earth to stop. Yeah. Is it Zia? Sia. It's Sia? Yeah. Oh, think of it like a seer. Oh, okay. So it's about Sia and her mission to come to Earth to stop the the preeminent, uh, uh, like, invasion of their planet. So they're basically stopping an invasion before it happens. Um, and it's got good character stuff. I think the action's really sick. Um, I like... I like how you go first. No, I want. Oh, to... you want the book? There yeah. you go. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I like how, I like how their they the the alien civilization and the way that they live isn't fully explained throughout the entire book. Like like the way that they deal with responsibility and the way that they talk to each other, it's very interesting. Like they obviously talk like humans, but like I'm very interested to read more of this book uh, just to find out how they live as a world because they're pretty humanoid. But there's some like weird weird judgment stuff that I really like. Um, I think it's, I think there's also superpowers in this book, I guess. I don't know. At the end, uh, what do you guys think? I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, it, it doesn't uh, show up in this trade, but if you read the single issues, then at the end of the first issue, um, 
Brandon Thomas talks about why he wrote this and he's like, I'm just, I'm angry in America all the time and yeah. I'm angry at people and I, and I hate uh, how the way things are going. And I, and this just brought out so much emotion in him. And he's like, I just like, in, and that tied into the concept of if a planet knew we were going to try to leave, they should stop us. Oh yeah. And so that's what the whole concept is, is like, you know, stop them from before they can invade us. Like yeah. we need to shut humankind down because they already screwed at us. Stop, and, yeah, stop uh, the monster before birth. Yeah. yeah, and I and I really like the the attack on that concept. Um I think there's some excellent pieces in here. Uh the interrogation scene is one of my favorites. Um mm -hmm. I think the art is extremely vivid, especially the stuff, the glimpses we get to see of them on their planet. Yeah. It's really it. pretty. Uh I I love the the it's it's stylistic but edgy um i really like the art design i think the characters are a ton of fun i really love that last issue that whole showdown with that guy who you just want to die and yeah. he's not dead and i hate it cool electric man <laughs> yeah uh i really really enjoyed it i thought it was a lot of fun and yeah i'm I, I enjoyed it, but there were times where I was a little confused, but I wasn't confused to the point where I wanted to put it down. It was more of like, what are they here? Because I didn't really get the get that they were here to stop an invasion of their planet um, from by Earthlings. I thought they were just there to get their guy and get out, or for or I didn't I didn't catch that. Maybe when I was reading, go ahead. When I was reading it, I did enjoy the. Um, the flashbacks to the to original planet but also i was still uh, it's weird because this book got me confused but it wasn't confused in a way it's like that doesn't confuse it doesn't make sense i don't want to read anymore it was like i want to find out what exactly are these yeah people it doesn't give you all the pieces yeah yeah right. mm -hmm. um when they're doing the interrogation scene um sia's relaying how humankind has fresh full out of its second chances because mm -hmm. they're saying like they want to get on a a big ship they want to get all oh, those yeah. people on the ship so they can leave the planet because the planet is screwed mm -hmm. um they, they've ruined it and uh and they're like no that ain't gonna happen that ain't gonna happen you stay here you own what you did uh mm -hmm. that's the logic of it is is that that's why they're there that's why that guy is there is yeah. he's helped to help them spy on that and report we, it. yeah we don't have the information but like there's history between these people like this is like there's there's been a previous invasion of some kind that we aren't privy to, and I don't think we're, it's not really important to us yet. We just know that we're here to stop them from leaving the planet. And again, like I do agree that it doesn't give you, I guess it can be confusing um, with just the lack of information. But I don't think it's a lack of of actual substance. I think it's like them leaving you on a, uh, a trail of clues in a way. Like you're learning as as the other characters do almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, you just, and you just don't get all those answers in the first yeah. volume. But yeah. I do think this is a good uh, introductory volume. I think that there's a lot to chew on in it. Um, I, I like the essential concept they set up. Oh, I love the the little uh, red orbs they set up. That's yeah. like pop, pop, and then set them off wherever they are, and they can control them. Mm -hmm. from I thought mm -hmm. that was dope. I think, uh, yeah, all the technology is really cool. Really love the art. I really yeah, enjoyed it. I, I don't know how to describe this art. It's like, it's really good. It's like, it's very clean, but also like when the action gets going, like it's, it's very it's, jagged. Yeah. Like I, especially like, again, during the interrogation, um, they are constantly transforming into other people. Yeah, and that, that effect is just really, really cool. Yeah. It's a fucking book. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. I think my favorite ep uh, episode, my favorite issue is the last one where they're fighting uh, this dude who can just like do has telepathy or something. And then he gets electrocuted and he just stays electrocuted. And they, and they, they, uh, hijack his system so he loses control and he's like, wow, that's a mistake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he works for 
Kepler, and Kepler is like it's like a, a very famous scientist uh, yeah. from the past. So like they're using uh, a, a noble scientist name uh, for bad scientist purposes in the future. I think that's always they fun. they imply in this volume that they got the powers from the green alien guy's name, Ronnie, Ryan. That kind of yeah. sounds like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, like like they experimented on him. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm I am uh, I think this is a good first volume. I it definitely leaves me like super curious kind of like less than wasted space but like it definitely makes me want to know like okay i really want to know more about the, these people and like why they are so so gung-ho about earthlings being assholes uh mm -hmm. like why are, why do you feel this way i mean besides the people on earth like i need to know your previous history uh, and the concept of uh sia losing memories and years off her life in order to connect into that net just to keep them all safe oh yeah like uh, she can like hack into technology and stuff yeah. right but it takes mm -hmm. extreme effort and she's yeah. giving up so much to do it yeah, oh yeah the the first the first issue like when she crash lands and like she can't understand the language and it's slowly getting revealed to her through the text right bubbles. yeah that was just great introduction. it's just really smart lettering uh and just like really smart of like introducing you how this person is slowly developing language uh just and, and stealing things. money and stealing money yeah mm -hmm. it's another like watchdogs actually yeah, yeah yeah uh it's good it's good, good good fun little book uh, yeah. horizon check it out y'all yeah i don't really have any more to add i apologize i i like the book it just wasn't uh didn't, didn't grab me like i was no, hoping I it would yeah yeah all right, so that's the book. All right, there's the book club then. Um, if there's nothing else, I'll, let's just say my my book club next week will be Superman: Secret Identity uh, oh, by Kurt Busiek and Stuart Eminem. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so stay tuned for that. Um, real quickly before we get out of here, uh, let us know what your top tens were for the year, guys. We'd love to hear them. Um, just. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want. Zoom Marketplace. Uh, no, you can't text message on the Zoom Marketplace, Ryan. Uh, Brand? Yeah? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Ben next? No, it's Ryan, then me, then Ben, then... No, then you, then Sparks. Wait, what? Wait, Wait. then you, then Ben. It's Ryan, me, Sparks, Ben. What was no. the last book club? No. It's, it's Ryan, then Ben, then you, then me. No, I'm second. I'm looking back at it, and here's there was a Superman going backwards. Book. We here's what, a, a Superman book, not on that. Here, going backwards. Here's what, which Superman didn't, book? You, didn't you do a Superman book? No. I so did. going backwards, going backwards, real quick. Blankets. Then we all did Ten of Swords, and before that was Klaus, which was Brandon. Before that was Batman and Robin, Batman Reborn, and before that was Melancholy. So it was Ben. So we we skipped Ben for your, for Horizon. I think we skipped one because of X of Swords. I okay. Know. Well, Ben got skipped in this rotation. Wait, did wait, did he? Yes, I, I have them listed for us. I'm, I'm looking at it. Oh. Last thing I did was Superman for all seasons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Superman for all seasons. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, there's a missing book on there. Okay. okay. More Superman. I've like I've been writing the script for four years. I should know this. Like. Um. Okay. So yeah. So we're we're all set. We're all settled up now. Um, it, it, is, it is my turn. Superman, Secret Identity by Kirby Usyak and Stuart Eminem. Um, it, it's hard for my mouth to make that name. I apologize. <laughs> um, okay, so until next time, guys, we're going to be talking about Lupin the Third, the first, the animated Lupin, uh, the 3D animated Lupin film uh, coming out next week. We'll talk about it next week. We're doing the movie for, I feel like, two years. So there you go. Uh, stay tuned for that. Until then, guys. Uh, good, good top ten list, I think. Uh, 
I was, I was sad that uh, there was no, uh, you know, there was nothing for me this year that like topped Broly last year where I was like, Broly needs to be on my, that was a life-changing event for me. Well, I mean, it was a pandemic year where literally everything got pushed. So yeah. hopefully that is this year now. Not, yeah. not every year can have a life-changing thing. Exactly, yeah. Well, it, you know, kind of did. It's just it wasn't, it didn't come out this year. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, now that I got the thing up and I'm done vamping, we have a YouTube channel, which if you're watching this live or watching this, you know that. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. We greatly appreciate it. We have other shows on this channel, like our Fake Nerds Watch series, WandaVision next week. That's coming, guys. Oh! We are back into the MCU next week with WandaVision, and we will be doing a Fake Nerds Watch series. Um, we also have... What? Two episodes. Two episodes, yes. Uh, Basement Arcade is another series that we've got going on, and so is Fake Nerd Book Club. You can also find the Fake Nerd Book Club in audio format as of now. <gasps> so check that out. Um, if you've already, if you here's the thing: if you've watched the Fake Nerd Book Club, you don't need to listen to the Fake Nerd Book Club. But if you don't watch anything on YouTube, then you can listen to the Fake Nerd Book Club because it's behind the videos. Big bomb. Or if you want to listen to it again for some reason. Yeah, or that. We just love our voices, you weirdo. We also are still selling masks. Hey, the pandemic isn't over, guys. The new year does not actually mean anything. Um, so we are still in a, in a deadly pandemic. So wear your masks. Um, Unless you got a vaccine, in which case, good for you. But yeah. you're still wearing a mask for some reason. I think I read an article. Just be safe. Buy be a Fignor podcast mask. Yeah. Give us some dough. Give yourself some life. We're still selling those. Um, we also have a Patreon. Hey, you saw the beginning of the episode. I... I I, I revamped the Patreon. I think it looks pretty cool. You get the three tiers now. You got the $5 tier, which gives you so much content, guys. So much content. Or you get the $10 tier, where you get a, a shirt every three months. Remember, that shirt will be gone in three months. I guarantee. Spared no expense. Except all the expense. And we also have the $20 tier, which is, you know what? You get everything from before, and you get the added satisfaction that you just gave us an extra 10 bucks. And I might send you a, sh a ship in a bottle, maybe. And you might get a ship in a bottle. First person gets a ship in a bottle. You heard it here first. Um, we also have a tea public. Um, there will be more stuff. I, I've been working really hard uh, for the show, uh, behind the scenes stuff that's coming uh, down the pipeline. You're going to see some of that stuff next week and roll that through the month. Some of it might be a new shirt or maybe two. I don't know. But, uh, but I'm very excited about what this could potentially be. Uh, like I said, I'm working hard behind the scenes. So stay tuned for a lot of cool stuff or check out our tea public. And all those links are in the description below, um, as well as our website, which you can find at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. New articles go up from me relatively recently. Um, ben puts up stuff. Uh, you guys don't put up anything yet. Nope. I don't know why I started that. That made me feel bad. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> um, going to... Uh, our listeners, thank you to everyone who listens to us. Thank you to everyone who watches these videos. Again, like and subscribe. Uh, we greatly appreciate all of your support over the last year, over the year before that, and the year before that, and this coming year, um, which I think is be a pretty good year for this podcast. Let's hope. And then the monkey paw curls. Oh. Um, <laughs> it will be, but I hear someone asked for more free time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our new themes, our new segment intros, and hey, maybe some new themes coming to our other shows on YouTube. Stay tuned for some exciting stuff there. You can find him at, on Instagram at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. 
or you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. Of course, it's on iTunes. Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. I don't mean to, 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 to pry, but like maybe some stuff come with Mike Matola soon. Do they A little involve, stizzle. Maybe do they involve movies? Movies? I don't I don't think pry was the right word. It wasn't. <laughs> uh but maybe a screonkelin good time is coming from Mike Matola soon. So I get it. I get the reference. Ooh. All right. You can find him at Mike Matola. Um, you can find us a, on Twitter. A screonkelin good, to- good time, huh? Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com. Send us your top 10 list. That'd be cool. Ooh. Ooh. Um, you can find me on Inst- on Instagram and Twitter at BT McClure. You can find Sparks. Uh, you can find me apparently posting about what I read every single day on Instagram. You did this and to yourself. You can also find me on Twitter at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Ryan. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Ben. You can find me changing the batteries out from my Sonic 3 Tiger game into my X-Men Tiger game. I said Target, I meant Tiger. At BenMaga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. It's all about retro video game goodness. A bunch of my stuff is there. And more stuff is coming to the Fake Nerd uh, website as well. Not to spoil anything, but it may be involving that. That's. I'll be honest, that's not as exciting as Screonkle in times. No, no, it's not. It's not. No, I'd rather take the screen off in good times. All right, but the, but still, cool stuff. All right, um, that'll do it for us, guys. Once again, for a new year, twenty twenty one. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Podcasts. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it, guys. Uh, that helps the channel like crazy. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. Again, helps the channel like crazy. Uh, until next time. Until next week. Stay fake, please.